gonna ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good at social dynamics and relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken right from the YouTube live sesh. I opened it up to questions on dating, relationships, social dynamics, anything in the world of human interaction. So you guys can join those live sessions over on YouTube basically every Friday, 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, for the time being anyway. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip of social dynamics every Friday, you can sign up to the free weekly email newsletter, The Bowl Sip. Every week, I send out a free article on Fridays. That's actually taking me quite a bit of time to write nowadays. They used to be pretty quick, but now I go real deep into them. I also use it as a way to update the resources of wisdom, which you guys can find at boldojo.com. So any quotes I found that week, uh, any music, updates to the Panda Emperor Sexy Time playlist or the We Take 9000 playlist, you know, all those things, anime, documentaries, movies, anything that's going to the resources of wisdom, you can stay up to date with that through the bowl sip so all you have to do to sign up to it is just head to boldojo.com slide your email in and then check your inbox for the confirmation email and also for all emails going forward if you don't think you've received it on friday just check your promotions folder in gmail or your spam folder in outlook etc because basically any email that has links in it gets automatically thrown into the uh, promotions thing so if you don't think you got it, just check those folders, okay? Now, if you guys are looking to dive into a little bit of deeper educational content, you can head over to boldoja.com and number one, pick up the brand new guided meditation, Eternal Energy. It's a deep dive into who you are and a guiding hand into evolving beyond. Featuring five tracks. Number one, cultivating your scented energy. Number two, revealing your darkness. Number three, creating your light. Number four, unlocking your sexual flow. And finally, wrapping things up with the fifth track, One Energy returning you back to the hole. It took me a solid two months to produce that bad boy and it's an absolute journey. So if you would like to dive into something a lot deeper, go ahead and pick that up at boldoja.com. Along with that, if you are looking to get your day game sorted, your social dynamics sorted, if you've been walking down the street and you're seeing a beautiful woman, you just don't know what the hell to do with yourself, well then I've got you covered there as well. Adam's Crash Course Kick-Ass Day Game eBook is also available at boldoja.com. Quick action guide. Most importantly, it is not a sit in your chair at home and read and then go hmm that sounds theoretically reasonable you need to actually get out there and apply that's what it's intended to be used when i created it it was meant to be something you go out with come home with reference with in terms of real world action it just doesn't really make sense until you're actually going out there and meeting people so that's what it's intended for you want to use it as your uh, teacher as your guide as your kind of pseudo adam along your journey. Along with that, I highly recommend pairing up a 30-day challenge with it. Anyone who buys the ebook, you just need to check your emails within 24 to 48 hours afterwards. I personally email basically everyone with a little tips for the ebook. And in that email, I recommend you get on a 30-day challenge and pair that with the ebook. Uh, it's just it harkens back to how I got my journey and how I corrected my life at the beginning, corrected my social freedom, freedom of choice in my dating life came through the 30-day challenge it's powerful so that's what i highly recommend and if you guys want more uh information on the 30-day challenge i often drop links in that email as well and then finally for those that are really looking to dive deeper create action plans bust through their limiting beliefs i do offer one-on-one skype coaching 
the bowl inside is probably the best way to go, which is for my deeper level clients who sign up to packages. Packages are completely customizable to you based on frequency, based on volume. But basically what bowl inside members get over once off Skype sessions is number one, priority messaging. They get access to my private WhatsApp number and within 24 hours, I will respond to them outside of Australian weekends based on anything. They need feedback on a situation they're dealing with this girl, this guy, family members, business relationships, etc. Want to check that text conversation, want to send me that audio, I'm going to be there for them. The second benefit Bowl Insiders get is priority bookings, which basically means you get fast-tracked that if you want to get in a session today and maybe someone was 50-50 about it, well, you get that session. You get your session times prioritized above everyone else. And especially for my clients uh, around the world with arranging time zones, it proves to be quite beneficial. So if you are interested in diving into the Bowl Inside packages, then you can just hit me up at bowldojo.com. In the product section, you find all the links there and actually the links to everything I've just spoken about, guided meditation, ebook, all at bowldojo.com. Just hit the product section and I'll see you soon. Now, if you guys would like to support this channel directly, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link. You can do this two ways. Number one, on bowldojo.com, in the Boulderjo podcast section, there's actually a donate straight through the website uh, link right in that section there. So you guys can get that. Or you can also just go straight to PayPal, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui, and you can donate anything that you wish. And I just want to say that whether you donate through the Super Chat on YouTube or you do it directly through the website or PayPal, anything that you donate is so greatly appreciated. It just helps keeping this show going. It lets me know that you guys truly value it. So thank you so much for all that have donated in the past and for all that will in the future. Anthony Kanchesta. And with all that being said, let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yosha! Moshere. Moshere. Nope, that's got nothing to do with the girls. Kakashi then says, I've actually bet on a fight... Ha ha ha, yeah. Kakashi used to run bets at school. Da, 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 da. Okay, Kakashi says a lot. Guys, please stay focused on what's going on here. Uh, okay, Justin H says, they have all this sexual energy floating around, but they don't know how to channel it themselves into a conversation. They use the fight as an opportunity to come into contact with girls. The slow clap of slow claps. There we go, Justin. So Justin almost gave us the gold medal before, but he his timeline was off. He was thinking that the guys were running over to the fight circle to springboard into a conversation with the girls after, later on, back on the beach. Definitely a possibility, but that's not the immediacy of it. So, But I said you need to explain what the conversation would be about because that's what Kakashi and everyone else has been really far off about. They think that they're going over there to break down the technical aspects and bet on the fight, et cetera, et cetera. No, right? The majority of what these guys are doing is, as Justin Edge said there, is that they have a buildup of sexual energy that is not being expressed. So I told you guys when they got down onto the beach, when I got down there, there was a lot of energy. There's a lot of yahooing. There's a lot of pushing around. There's a lot of chest bumping. And there's a lot of like, there's all that type of just rambunctiousness going around with these guys. Yet, Yet, I did specifically say a lot of groups of girls and a lot of groups of guys. I did not specifically say a lot of groups of girls and guys. I did mention one group, though, of girls and guys who weren't even girls and guys. They were men and women. What's the difference between the two? 
the men and women are actively being allowed to express their sexual energy at free flow. They're exchanging it quite mutually. I even took a took a lid up, took my head off the sand after getting my consciousness back together, after the physical beatdown, and saw that the guys were in their masculine frame just teasing the shit out of these girls. Girls are fucking loving it, lighting it up. Putting some coconut oil on, I believe, as well. That's buddy. <laughs> that's buddy. <laughs> it is buddy. And so there's a lot of expression of sexual energy there. Another reason why those men and women probably didn't have to go and run over. Their sexual expression is being allowed a funnel, a channel to be expressed through. Yet, I mentioned so heavily many times, groups of guys, groups of girls, groups of five to ten girls, groups of five to ten guys, groups Boys and girls running over. I didn't say boys and girls together, did I? I didn't say girls and boys and big groups together, did I? No, I didn't. I said boys and girls. Separation is what we're pointing out there. So, Justin H is the one who finally has his head switched on here, the closest at least, when he says they all have this sexual energy floating around. Yeah, make no mistake. These are some hot-blooded guys. They, they want to fuck, all right? That's what's going on in their neural chemistry. When you've got so many attractive girls around, barely wearing any clothes, it's hot, and it's just so many. It's just the sheer volume. You just get an erection just walking around looking at all these girls. That's the type of thing that's going on here. You've got to constrain yourself. That's a buildup. Now, when you're 27 years old and you've been through a, a journey of learning to hone your sexual energy, to express it through very various different experience of being in a mansion to being in a Chinese SEAL Team 6 situation to just being in your bloody regular bedroom to being with women who were uh, 40 to having a French 40-year-old woman smash you against the bar and start literally biting your ear so hard that it starts bleeding yet at the same time grabbing you by the crotch and then from that down to just the, the kindest, gentlest, shyest 18-year-old girl. You've had sexual experiences since you were 16 years old up until 27, you've learned how to control your sexual energy. You've learned how to focus on what needs to be focused on. But if you're a 16-year-old to 20 that has not had all that decade of experience, decade plus of experience of mastering his sexual energy and allowing it to flow and have channels to flow it through and has practice in his everyday life to channel and practice it through, and you're thrusted into this experience of so many attractive girls your age. It's all fair game for you because they're your age. And there's almost like they're asking you because of the way they're dressed, they're asking you to take a swing. Right? And we're at that beach. We're at that beach. They know, you know. So if there's no channel allowed for that sexual energy to flow, what do you think happens when one does? When... If you've got if you've got an ocean at the door and there's only one door and you open it what's the ocean want to do <sighs> the house is probably going to come down actually <laughs> fuck the door the house is going to come down what we're describing here is the mechanism that Justin has said in which that they don't know how to channel their sexual energy that's building up. Yes, there's so much sexual energy within them. They don't know how to channel that. They don't know where it's going to go. And if somehow a door has been opened for it, of course it's going to be flowing through that and flow through that. So that's what the five circle brings them to. That's what's coming on there because they're sensing an opportunity to allow sexual energy to be expressed. That's a more macro, uh, not macro, that's a more, that's a deeper level understanding. But in micro, 
there's something that I wanted Justin to reiterate or to get more specific with, which was the springboarding into conversation because that's how their sexual energy is really going to be channeled. It's not just by standing next to the girls. Standing next to the girls isn't just going to, isn't going to be enough because they've been standing next to girls at the beach as well. It's the opportunity presented. Conversation, but not just any conversation, not the technical aspects of fighting, Richo, Jose, not the betting, Kakashi, all right? Justin H went on to say, they used the fight as an opportunity to come in contact with the girls. It's not, not quite specific enough, so I can't quite give it to you there, but... You're so close. You're the only one who's got close enough. So I was just like, I'm trying to give it to you. What, so the follow-up question to Justin then would be, what's the nature of the conversation? Is it going? If I've told you it's not technical aspects, if I've told you it's not gambling, right? what are these guys trying to do? Are they going to be direct, congruent, authentic and say, oh, you know, turn to the super, super attractive girl next to them and say, oh, yo, I know we're at this fight circle, but I just saw you. I thought you looked beautiful. I had to say, hey, that would rock her fucking world if he did. That would be amazing if he did. He would stand out from everyone if he did. Those two would just go off into the water and have a great time. Absolutely. Just by the very nature of him showing that he's actually attempting to become a man here. (coughs) That's not what he's going to do. Is he going to just see an attractive girl next to him and just say, hey, girl, you look cute? Or just is he going to be a dick about it? And just like, and, and maybe just, I don't know, what would the dick version be? I so don't spend so much, I don't spend any time in that, so I can't even imagine that, but just maybe just, I don't even know, what would a dick move be? You guys would have to ask the dicks, I guess. But what is he actually going to do? What's the conversation going to be about, Justin? If you've ever been in this fight circle, if you've ever been in a confrontational situation and there are the females around, which, my friends, is the stronger, physically more dominant of the two sex, of the two genders? Give you a moment to answer that. Males, the men. Does that open up what maybe the conversation is going to be about? You're in a dangerous situation. It's it's in a, in a fight circle where there's hundreds of people watching. Just because there's only two people fighting now, that doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. That it will be two guys fighting each other for the rest of it and that'll be done. There's a lot of nervous energy about that was what makes it so exciting that this could break out into something bigger. What if his boys get involved? What if the other boys get involved? What if this turns out into an all-out brawl and it's just an absolute free-for-all? What if this gets really dangerous is what I'm saying? What's a really... An absolute fish could come up with this line or could come up with this line of thought, this, this thing to say to her. Because are these 16-year-old boys schooled in social dynamics? Do they know how to be direct, congruent, authentic? No, absolutely not. Do they know how to open a woman with context and intent? No, absolutely not. What's the one thing that even the absolute fishest of fish, Jeffrey of Jeffreys, could see in this situation where it's a lot of nervous energy, a lot of exciting energy, attractive girl next to me, but it's very dangerous. What could I say to her that would simultaneously puff my chest, pump my ego, and also give me an in with her? That it's like it's like a presented on a platter. And now that I brought up this line as a clue to help you guys, who's the stronger of the two sex? Let's go up in the clap. 
Jay New comes in saying, for her to express her sexual influence, he told me she wasn't even particularly hot, but okay, he's talking about, Jay's talking about someone else there. Kakashan uh, says, the boys will attempt to talk to the girls about the people fighting. No. No. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, shit. Kakash, what are you? What world are you living in? You think the boys are going to roll up? There's this absolute dive piece next to them, and they're going to say, hey, do you know these two guys? Or, hey, do you, uh, do, do you see these two guys fighting? The girls will look at them and go, oh, yeah, that's why I'm here. Or even if you ask something like, do you know the two that are fighting? They'll be like, why are you asking me? So we're trying to enjoy a fight. Kakash, what world are you living in? Uh, he then goes on to say, and if they're, being, if they're direct beings, they might try to move things forward to go after it. I like that a bit, but no, no, you're wrong there as well. They're not going to try and move things forward after the fight. If they're being direct, they'll just take a girl straight out of the fight circle and go and have an interaction. You're way off. Uh, Jose says, the note, this note is important in nature when two alpha goats, deers, or sexual animals, sorry, similar animals, fight for the right of sexual diversity of the group. Beta males will linger around and actually have sex with the females while the fight is going on. This might be the exact same case with the Aussies. Actually, I have actually studied that point as well. That's not what's going on here because the two fighting are not alpha males by any stretch of the imagination. They're just the two angriest. <laughs> I agree with your point in nature. That's not what's happening here, though. Too much, too many social complexes going on. Ben High comes in saying, just finished an exam and want to say, hey, quick before I go to bed. Catch you guys on the replay. Catch on the replay, guys. Thanks for coming in, Ben. Appreciate that. Jay New comes in saying, slow clap, Jose for paying attention in biology class. Although he wasn't correct about this situation, so there's no clap from me. Distraction says, what up? Good to have you distract on. Uh, Richard J says, sex. Kakash says, this is an opportunity for the boys to be direct beings with the girls, but they are boys, so probably not. It's definitely an opportunity, but that's not what they're doing. It's not what they're going to say. It's not what they're going to do. Okay, I've just got to get through this because you guys are really struggling. I'm going to finish this up here. We've spent way too long on this. I'm just going to read through and see if there's anyone's on. If they're not, that's okay. I'm just going to roll through. Oh, finally. Kakash finally hits it. But it's such a long gone point that it's lost all its energy. So let's sum it up back here. What are, the, what are the guys using... Justin H brought us closest with saying that the reason why they're running is for the sexual validation points of that, yes, females are being there so they can springboard into a conversation. He didn't tell us what the nature of the conversation would be, though. So I've been asking for that. I've tried to give you every clue possible with the sexual strength of the different natures, the different genders, of uh, the, the danger of the situation. And finally, someone has cottoned on here. Kagashi has said... If this becomes a massive mosh pit, the boys can say something like, if this gets crazy, I can protect you. You've been really far off this entire session, Kakash, and you've, but you finally got one point. But I'm not even going to give it to you because I basically, I gave you the answer essentially. Oh man, but thank you for bringing it in because I was just about to roll off this anyway. So yes, you're in a fight circle and there's a lot of dangerous energy around sexual attractive females. There's one thing that any fish unschooled in social dynamics can do as an easy in with the girl next to him as what the boy is thinking that is the best move for him. He goes, oh, it's a really easy thing. And he's probably not thinking this, but this is what's going on is that, oh, well, you know, hey, hey, you know, this could get really out of hand. This could get really out of hand, but I'll protect you. I'll be here for you. All right, don't worry about it. I got this covered. All right, listen, I got my boys here. We got this covered. My name's Adam. What's up? 
ah, my name's Jana. Really? Are, do you fight as well? Are you, would, would you, what happened if they try and fight you? I'm like, yeah, I'll be fucking in there. So that's the nature of the conversation, Justin, and to everyone else listening in here. It is a show of egoic strength. It is a puffing of the chest, and that is the commerce, the stock we invested in that we selected was the fight circle and why they're doing so for sexual validation. The rise in the market, the points up that will be collected is in him being able to puff his chest and say to the girl that I will protect you. That's it's just so common sense. I can't believe it took you guys this long to get it because it's such a simple point that now it seems stupid that it took this long to get it. So I should have done a better job and just not even letting you guys go on with it. So that's my bad, actually. So I shouldn't give you guys as much time. So bringing this right back to the summary point, the man who started, the young boy who started off this podcast, we had all this philosophical, deep cutting. Uh, discussion about what's going to happen to him in his life. The reason why I brought up this beach story is because of the nature between boys and men. What's happening? What are the men doing? What are the boys doing? Yeah, we've already organically, I've kind of organically brought in a point here already, which is that if if the boys are doing the boy tactics of saying that I'll protect you and they're using it as a chest, as a chest pumping uh, to the girls, is that still the recommended move? Like if you guys are just looking at that for tactics? No, it's still not. It's that you're still just trying to show out outside of yourself. What would be the correct move? I already said it. To be literally turn to the girl and say, hey, listen, I know we're in, the, we're in the fight circle right now, but I think you look quite beautiful. So I have to say, hey, my name's Adam. Completely break, separate what's happening here, form a new bubble with her and say, listen, let's get out of this shit. Take her by the hand and just go down to the beach, go down to the water, right? And you have a nice bubble and you will stand out from everyone, right? That's what should be done if, you're actually, if the boys were actually schooled properly on social dynamics. Of course, they're not. That's the very nature of them being boys. So, but the reason why I wanted to point this out, and the reason why we brought out this entire story, was that why when I walked home, or when I finally packed up, and I, and I looked back and reflected on, literally reflected, looking down at the scene, going, why is it that there was only three men amongst hundreds of boys? <clears throat> What's going on here? Why are there so many Ds? Not dicks, but the guy in the story. Why are there so many D1s? Why are there so many D1s in this space? Where are all, not only where are all the men, that's not, that's probably not the question. Where are all the men that are supposed to be guiding these D1s, these young boys? Why are there so many? Because when I was their age, there wasn't this many. When I was their age going down to the beach, there was pockets of what we would call Kent's. In Australia, it's actually not even just an Australian term. It's a term between me and Roy. Kents, just a more polite way of saying cunts, right? Guys that are just not good guys. The guys that just try and puff their chest and they yahoo and they're just dicks, really. But there were pockets. They weren't the majority. Like you would see the pockets of four or five, the footy Kents or the footy guy or the, the cool guys, right, that I've been painting this entire story. Chasing the sexual validation, not really doing much about it, but they're chasing it hard, there were pockets, though. The majority of guys, young boys you would see at the beach, were just normal normal boys. Right? They're just nice guys. Just a lot of nice guys. Just a, a lot of fish, really. Just a lot of fish. But, but nice, nice fish. Guys that you could go up to and if you, if you saw them in the water and just throw a tennis ball and they would catch it and say, hey, my name's Jeffrey. And you'd say, hey, my name's Jeffrey too. And you guys would be fished together and you'd, you'd shake fins. 
That's what it used to be when I was 16. Yet, fast forward 10 and a bit years, why is it now that the majority of masculine energy on the beach between the age range of 16 to 20 is just like day one? Chasing sexual validation. Pumping their chest, pumping their egos, treating women as objects. Why is, why is that basically all I saw? Where are the men that were supposed to be guiding the boys from fish to dragon? Where did they go? Why aren't they here? Because the reason why I know that then they don't necessarily physically have to be here, I'm talking about in their lives. I'm talking about how did so many boys get to the state in which that they're in? Because what would have naturally course corrected this throughout all our evolution was older brothers and older men that through tribal rituals and tribal guidance through the older women and through the, their elder women that install principles. Why? Where is all of this? That's what I was looking at at the end of the situation, going that there were only two men. And by the way, guys, the two men that were there, that were, that were so... They were so grounded, so humble. The only ones that addressed me, the only ones that were comfortable with themselves, at peace with themselves, the only ones that weren't looking around, that weren't looking for validation from others, just like me. But there was three of us amongst hundreds. They weren't that old. They were a lot younger than me. They were probably only 21, 20 maximum. But the majority there between 16 and 20 were just, just, just like D1 here, that they are going to walk the same path that he does. They might not necessarily enter cold approach game, but they are taking the same dark mentalities of it. Objectification of women, penetration being the key, primary, and allowing themselves to dive so deep on their egos. How, how can this be? I know We know how this can be. I said before, if you don't have mentorship, you don't have leaders, you will default to the darkness. That is the nature of society's machine. That is the nature of Instagram. That is the nature of 21st society. Absolutely. So you must have good leadership. You must have good guidance. That's how we survived as a culture. It's just that society is so easy now that culture is not dependent upon being strong. Culture is dependent upon everything else. On just on just shading your way through. You can shade your way through life and never become a strong person. A lot of boys that look like men. Okay. Now, there's two points I want to wrap this story with that I said I would mention. What about the actual fish? There was one. There was one. When I got out of the water for probably the second time, there was a big group of chatty Kents coming in, Yahoo and puffing their chest, the exact guys I've been talking about, about 10 of them. But they were dragging behind them one lowly fish. He was a short Asian dude, one of the only Asian dudes there other than me. But he was fresh Asian. He wasn't like half-half like me. He was, I think he was pretty much straight Chinese. He had reading glasses on, which indicates that he's not even going to put his head under the water. And he was, he looked deathly afraid. He probably couldn't swim. And his friends were saying, come on, come on, come in. Don't be a bitch. Don't be a pussy. Come here. Right? And he's like holding himself like this. He's hugging himself, which is a self-comforting mechanism, coming into the water, and he's just so scared. And he's looking at me. Right? He looked at me, but then looked away. And I just, I, I, I was probably about five meters to the left. 
I actively walk so I can almost brush shoulders with him and just look him in the eyes and just give him that comforting look. It's just like, you'll be okay. It's like, forget your friends, you'll be okay. I didn't even have to say it. I just looked at him in the eyes. It was just that look, reassurance. And even though I'm sure it didn't last very long, he at least stopped holding himself. He at least took his arms away from his body and at least walked forward into the water. He's the fishiest of fish. He was the least attractive masculine being on that beach. Yet at the same time, he was the most honorable other than me and the other men. Of all the boys on that beach, he was the only honorable one I saw. Why? Why was he the only honorable one? That's a good question for you guys. I'm just going to go in the chat. That's really important. And then I want to mention a girl that happens after that. Why was the lowly fish deathly afraid, not only of the water itself, but obviously the social pressure from his friends and just the situation? He's so out of his depth. Like this, this is not his scene. This is not, he's at, he's with the coolest of the cool kids here. He's 16 and 20 year olds. And, uh, but he's, and he's to the point where he's so afraid that he's self-comforting himself by hugging himself. Yet when I walked by him and just looked him in the eyes, letting him know that it's okay. He took his arms aside and he tried to walk forward. Why is he the only honorable one? It's not the two guys who started fighting and the two boys who started fighting. It's not all the boys who were, or anyone else who was there, who were puffing their chest, who were trying to peacock their way through, who were trying to run to this circle, who were trying to yahoo about. None of them were honorable by any sense. None of them had any principles to stand upon. But there was this lowly fish that when I looked at him and I, and I walked by, and when I, when I walked past him, like once probably got about five meters in front, once he'd passed me by, I just started clapping. I started... I started doing like okay, just not not the slow clap where I've been slow clapping you guys because you've been so slow to get the answers in this chat at this part of the chat. You guys were good before this, but I gave him a real clap. Like I, I started actually clapping because he was honorable. There was something that he that he that he exuded that was honorable, and that if, if any girl chose to give their time to any boy in this space, it should have been him and not anyone else. Not because because he had great social principles. Of course not. He doesn't have any social principles. He doesn't know anything about being directly good authentic. Not because of that. There's something else that if there was a woman that, or a girl there that was going to give a boy some attention and some, uh, some acceptance, it should have been him, not the others. And that's how you know they're girls and not women. That's a fat point right there. That is a fat point. That's how you know they're girls, not women. That the girls weren't going to give him the acceptance or validation or attention. They were only going to give it to the absolute chads. But a woman would see different. And a man clearly sees different. Okay, here we go. Up in the chat. Mm, seeing what's relevant here. Kakash Hadaka said, oh, distracting it said they're not the alpha males, they're just the two angriest. <laughs> Damn, yeah. In that situation, for sure. Uh, Kakash says, this is where the learns are coming the most as we struggle. Absolutely. Guys, I am flaming you a lot for not getting the answers in this, but that's actually what I like. 
uh, it's my it's my role to recognize when you guys have hit your limit. And actually, that was my mistake before that I shouldn't have let it drag on so long. So that was my bad. But I like to have a lot of fun with it anyway. So I try and give you as much time as possible. But I do realize that there are people, hundreds of people that will listen to this in post that don't they don't necessarily are interested in you guys having this much struggle. Good. There's a certain amount of struggle. Justin H says, I feel the same way, Kakash. 1% better each day. will be better for next week. Ha <laughs> ha. That's it, Jay. Good mindset. Strackland says, from my life experience, the men that guide the boys are in jail or they are not, or they got an ongoing case. What? Uh, that's really strange. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you've come to that understanding. I mean, that's definitely your one subjective ex- understanding. The men that guide boys are in jail? I, I don't think so. All the men that I've looked up in life have never spent a single day in jail. I'm not saying that you that there aren't men that haven't been to jail, but I would actually say the opposite. You're going to find more boys that look like men in jail. It's an interesting thing you've said there. Anyways, Richard says life is easier. That's why. Talking about why so many boys. Yeah, definitely. Jose says, I give my best guess that is that this is due to social networks. Validation is based on external validation. Nah, no, I disagree with that, Jose, because there were social networks around when I was 16. And there was still, there weren't near, it wasn't nearly as bad as this. Hmm. As in, I don't think that's primary. This is definitely a part of, I'm sure social networks play into it, but it's not primary. It's more, it's more what they're lacking. Okay, so I'm looking for answers here to why the most honorable guy was the lowly fish, who was definitely afraid of getting into the water and definitely afraid of the social situation. Yet, when he received a little gift of reassurance through my eyes, unfolded his arms. Why was that so honorable? Why? What made him the most honorable boy on that beach? And why, if any of them came up to me and say, Adam, can I get coffee with you? Or can we sit down and maybe just discuss some things? You know, or would you, could you take me under your wing? Why he would be the only one that I'd say yes to. That's what makes him honorable. Richo came in with the first answer saying he was being himself, not his best self, but at least he was being himself. You've been pretty far off in this chat, Richo, but you finally, you've hit, you've got your first gold medal. I'd like a little more explanation, but as a title, you've got your first gold medal. Definitely a big part of why he was the most honorable person on the beach was because he was the only person on his beach, on this beach, who was being authentic to himself. He was the only masculine being outside the actual men that were there. He was the only boy who was actually just being himself. Everyone else had donned the colors. Everyone else had donned the masks. They'd put on the armor, they grabbed their spears, got their armor, and said, this is who I am. You're not your armor. You're not your spear. Let me take away your spear. Let me take away your armor. Let me put you in a situation where you're so uncomfortable. Then we'll see who you are. He was the only one willing to do that. So that's why I give you some money there. Do I give you 100,000 zenny though? I give you 100,000 zenny. You know, you didn't go too specific with it. But as an absolute title, that's 100,000 any title. He was being himself, not his best self, but at least he was being himself. That is 100,000 any. Well done, Richard. 
<coughs> you can bank that. You can bank that. Take that to Capsule Corp. You get yourself something nice. <laughs> Bomo sort you out, bro. Okay. <laughs> Those are some great references. Shit. Jay Duthay comes in saying, do you think the problem stems more from the lack of mentorship from men? There's obviously lots of wisdom available from the dead. That's so well said. And all over the world. Or is it the lack of women to create men? Oh, we're getting into a deep topic here. But Jay, we'll come back to this. But I love what you said that there's a lot of wisdom available from the dead. Very well phrased. Jay Nu then went on to say, as opposed to boys and girls, forgive the phrasing, I can definitely clarify. We can get back to that later. That was well said though. And we definitely need to get to the, uh, Dr. Strange put in a story about him being in an orgy and his, his wife was with two different men and he got really jealous. We are going to get that in open Q&A. We are not letting that slide because I've been wanting to talk about that for a long time. Yes, none of you have ever brought it up. Oh, fuck. Let's go. Fuck. But we're going to stay on this honorable fish. So. Why is he the most honorable boy in the beach? Why is he the only one that I would consider taking under my wing for guidance? Richo hit it because even though he wasn't being his best self, he was at least just being himself. Has anyone got anything more specific though? Let's see. Kakash had come in saying, first, he was able to acknowledge you. And then he overcame his fear in the moment when he slipped in. Yes, Kakash, now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. That's a Kakash hit the title. Sorry, uh, Richo hit the title. Kakash just hit the body. This is this is even more as any. Five hundred thousand zenny right there. That's five hundred thousand zenny because that's two specific micros. He was able to acknowledge me, Kakash. What did I say? And for everyone else listening, what did I say at the beginning of this beach story about the men? They were the only ones who acknowledged me that actually had the presence to look me in the eyes and say, how's it going, mate? And I was the only one who reciprocated by saying, how's it going, mate? Yep. Hope you guys have a great day. Had a bit of bat, had a bit of chop. Addressed each other, acknowledged each other as men, went back to our do. Why is it that? And then I said that, but I, it's not that there's no one else on the beach. There's hundreds of other guys and girls. <clears throat> Sorry, there's hundreds of other boys and girls, but none of them acknowledge me directly. None of them would make a direct, genuine, honest acknowledgement. Hallmark of boys and girls. Hallmark, stuck in their minds, not present, thinking about everything else but what's happening in front of them. So when Kakash says the reason why this lowly fish, this little Asian guy who's got his little reading glasses on and he's definitely afraid and his chatty friends uh, egging him on to get in the water and calling him a bitch and calling him a pussy and you know just go, <laughs> right? Yet when I give him that one moment of just, hey, it's okay, and I don't even say it verbally, I just look him in the eyes and I tell him it's okay through my eye contact. And then Kakash says, first, he was able to acknowledge you. Yeah, yeah, he didn't look away. He looked back at me. And even though we didn't say anything, he agreed with me. He acknowledged me. He saw me. He understood. He was present. That already separates him. That makes him more honorable than every other boy on the beach, 100%. But then Kakash hits another micro point, another killer, saying, after that, he then he overcame his fear in the moment when he slipped in. Yeah, he took his arms away from his body, so he changed his physical presence and made a decision to be confident, to be courageous, to do his best, to do the best 50 he could, 
by just walking into the water, even though he's really scared, not only of the water, I can tell, hence why he's wearing reading glasses, because he's no intention of swimming. And But more of the social situation around that, about how he would be judged for not being comfortable swimming. That's what's going on here. Because he's not one of the lads. He's not one of the chads. He's not one of the Kents. He's just a fish, a nice guy. And who doesn't notice how to swim, clearly. And doesn't know how to uh, hold himself courageously under social pressure. But in a moment, he made a decision to become stronger. That's why he's honorable. Now, Kakash didn't say that, but I'm building off of that. I know that's what Kakash means. He's honorable because he chose strength over weakness. He chose to intercept a limiting belief thought pattern in his mind that would have held him down by the chains of inadequacy and chose to be strong. Even if it only lasted for a moment or a couple more moments. His evolution began then and there. It's honorable. So that's why... When I saw him, I started clapping. Like, just like that. He probably heard me. He probably didn't know why I was clapping. He probably might have turned around and looked. But, and everyone else probably was looking at me as well. Because remember, there's other, tons of other people in the water and we're about hip height at this point. And I'm just clapping as I'm walking. And you know what else goes through my mind? I'm fair as well. You guys might be thinking, but Adam, Adam, you've been real fair to this guy, but what does this mean? What does this mean? Does this mean, because you said that if any girl was going to give attention to a boy here, it should be him. But that doesn't seem fair because he's still a fish. He's not direct and good and authentic. He's at least not very masculine from the way that you're describing. Surely the girls should give more attention and energy to the more masculines, even if they're very dark masculines that are just lost because they're just trying to pump themselves up and trying to, you know, fluff their cocks about. Yes. Yes, I agree with all your points there, except for one other thing. None of them were present enough to acknowledge and to actually see a girl in front of them. Or anyone, really. But a girl. So the reason why I say if attention should be given to anyone, it's because he's the only boy there that showed me the presence of acknowledgement. So even if girls were to give direct attention to any of these boys, which not many of them were, it would be they would fall upon silent faces. It would fall upon closed eyes. Because the boys would just interpret it through their egos, not through presence, not through real acknowledgement. They haven't demonstrated the ability to do so. But this young, lowly fish was able to. So if anyone deserves it, he does. Not because we know he's got no masculine presence, no masculine energy at all. Not because I think he's going to be able to go and swashbuckle and kiss the girl and transform immediately. No, just because if a girl did come up to him or somehow they found themselves in a serendipitous situation where they grabbed the same shell on the beach, that at least when she said hi, he would be able to say hi back and leave himself out of it. That's why he deserves it. So hopefully you didn't get too confused on that. Now, there's one other thing that happens with that, with a 13-year-old, not 13-year-old, but a 13-year-old, 16-year-old that walks by. That'll be the final thing because that's the flip with the with the girl and we'll hit the girl aspect. Then we're going to hit something that Jay New brought up with the boy to men trans- transformation. And then we're going to hit the uh, two guys, one woman, DP orgy thing. We'll get to that. But well done, Kikash. That's 500,000 Zenny right there. Distract on then just said something a friend once told me was you can't trust a guy that's never been punched in the face. Even if you don't take it literally, that's one of the main things that separates men from boys. 
Well, you're speaking to that. I definitely agree with you. can't trust someone who hasn't been through adversity. Absolutely. Jay New says, there is massive freedom effect in overcoming your own fear. Fish demonstrated that and the girls didn't recognize it. Absolutely, because they're girls. Well said. Uh, Jay New says, but you saw him for him, a free being spreading his wings. Definitely. Okay, so we're going to keep rolling on for this. Justin H, staying on topic. Justin H saying, we look just looking for what's on topic here. Justin H saying, the lowly fish was reassured that he was bettering himself by doing what he's doing with your clap. Yeah, you're, def- you're correct, but that's not what makes him honorable if that's what you were trying to say. But you're definitely correct in what you're saying there. Uh... Okay, let's keep it relevant. Let's keep it, uh, let's keep it present. So... There's one more thing to wrap up this story, my friends, because we now move beyond just D. We'll sum up D later. We'll sum, we'll, get, we'll sum, up, sum up the guy who's completely messed up in the darkness of sex and spirituality. We'll get that. However, let's finish up this story because this is worth going through. After I walked past the lowly fish and we had that beautiful moment, kept walking. I probably had another 20 meters worth of beach to go down, uh, ocean water to get down, hip height. Still, again, tons of people around, like hundreds of people around, tons of more chatty chads and kenty kens, and these guys puffing their chests and their big groups, all these boys around, but tons of super attractive girls, eight, uh, 16 to 20-year-olds. As I'm just getting to, say, shin-height water, so basically out of the water, big group, probably 10 of these girls walk literally shoulder, almost shoulder-to-shoulder past me. They're all being girls, not women, but being girls. They're doing exactly the same thing that the guys are doing. They're puffing their, they're pumping their tits. They got their asses out. They're all like, mm-hmm, you know, all just so much unscented energy. Super, who's the most popular? Who's looking at me? What am and how do I look? You know, it's like it's that electric type energy. It's super ungrounded. But there's one. There's one who's wearing a. Forget that. There's, there's, as I walk through, as I walk through, I say to one of them, Hey, I really like your, your necklace. I like your gold necklace. As I'm walking by, as we're transitioning, I just yell out, like I said, very loudly, like, Hey, I'm trying not to pick the mic here, but you could imagine because we're outside. I say this quite, it's like loud, but it's very, very assertive and very grounded. As I walk by them, this group of very ten attractive girls, young, probably there's probably some were sixteen, some were twenty. The one that I said it to was probably eighteen. She walks by in a little black bikini, and I say, and she's like brunette, curly, uh, dark, kind of wavy, brown hair, and she's got this gold necklace, but it's quite ornate. And she walks by, and I say, hey, hey, as we're walking by, and I have to. The reason for you on the podcast. I have to turn around as I'm saying it because we're in transition. I say, hey, I like that golden necklace. And I look at her deep in the eyes and I say with that smile and that warmth of tone. They're walking the opposite direction to me, yet she rotates her body in the same way that I do. So we both, if you can look at it from a bird's eye perspective, we were both walking in opposite directions, but as I addressed her, we both came into a magnetic connection as if we were two magnets that rotated at the same pace, same angle, the same time to address each other. And she responded as she's rotating her body to address me to respond and she lights up, her eyes ping, uh, this incredible smile goes across her face 
and she puts both her hands on top of the necklace the way a woman does when she feels very flattered and goes, oh, oh my, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Just raw, raw presence. And that's it. And I smile at her. She receives that smile and she gets that blushed kind of embarrassed look and I just keep walking. The only girl there that I feel like is on the transition to being a woman. We had just seen the only boy that I thought was honorable. This was the only girl that I felt was honorable. There were two women up on the beach and they're definitely honorable because they're women by the very nature. But in a group of 10 girls, do you guys think I comp... Uh, That's a good question. Why did I... Why did I select her? Was it because of the golden necklace? Do you think it's the golden necklace? And if it's not the golden necklace, why did I choose to address her? And I was about to hit you guys with a nuance, uh, which is to say, why did I address her directly? That's a nuance because some of you would go, but Adam, you didn't, you didn't address her directly. You commented on something she was wearing. You didn't tell her she was beautiful. You didn't tell her she was sexy. Did you listen to the vocal tonality? Did you listen to the way that I looked her in the eyes? Did you listen to the warmth in my eyes and my tone and the pacing of which I said it? Did you even notice the way my energy changed when I told you how I addressed her? While the words are indirect, the energy is extremely direct. This is a nuance that when guys ask me about high-pressure situations or socially savvy situations, this is being uh, direct in an indirect way. This is using the social situation. Not that I couldn't have used direct words, but it's not really the point of the story. But there was a masculine to feminine energy of direct energy communicated there. Otherwise, she would not have reacted. If there was indirect words with indirect energy, she would have just said, oh, hey, thanks. She would have gone, hey, thanks. She wouldn't have had the feminine flutter clasped her neck, completely rotated her body around to act like a magnet with me and to go blushed in the cheeks and to smile like she had just received a puppy on Christmas. That's a reciprocation of sexual energy to be used in high-pressure situations, to be practiced in supermarkets, airports, on the beach. As I've said, beaches are not a place for direct, uh, hard direct intent unless you're literally going to leave after it. Then that's okay. That's all right as you're leaving. That's fine. But if you're going to stay there, not very socially savvy. As a general principle. So so anyways, why did I select her? If it wasn't the gold necklace, because the girl she was with, was she just the most attractive? Is that what you guys think? She's just the most attractive. That's why you selected her. No, the old, there, were, there were probably some that were more physically attractive. She was very physically attractive as well, but there were probably some that would be considered the society more uh, sexually attractive. Some, some that were wearing skimpier bikinis. Some that also had golden armbands on and uh, had very well done hair and other little bits and pieces on them. All right, that had some more innate bikini tops. There was, there was a. If you are thinking that it's because your eye just got drawn to the materialistic, shiny object, you're far off, son. There's something else going on there. The same thing that made the lowly fish boy honorable is the same thing that makes her honorable. That makes her the only girl there on the transition to womanhood. What kind of answers we got up in here? Richo comes in saying, eye contact. She made very present eye contact of you when you made eye contact with the whole group. 
said like a true practitioner, said like someone who maybe goes out at night a little bit as well. Bang on, Richard. Bang on. It's not that the other girls didn't look at me. Listen, guys, I'm in shape at the moment. I am in shape. I am in single-digit body fat percentage right now. Other girls were looking at me in that group, yet none of them were seeing me. And this goes back to D. This goes back to D. Especially uh, also because I'm wearing um, compression shorts, like the really short ones. So uh, my figure's painted out. There's, all those girls had a look, right? They all had a taste. But none of them saw. And none of them ate. She was the only one who did. What does that mean? That's all Richo said. She made very present eye contact to you when you made eye contact with the whole group. Yeah, I, I hit eyes of all of them. Yet all of them lower their eyes, lower their gaze. A woman does not lower her gaze. A man does not lower her gaze. To be studied carefully. She was the only one that hold the gaze. Held the gaze. She's the only one that held that gaze. So, right there, there's a point. What does her necklace to me say about her? Is that this makes her special. So when I'm saying that, hey, I like that necklace, I'm actually not saying I like that necklace. What I'm saying is that I like that it's you that's wearing that necklace. That's why my energy changes. Because if I just wanted to compliment her on the necklace, it would come out very different. It would come out as, hey, I like that necklace. Hey, it's a good necklace, huh? Hey, hey, I like that necklace. And to hold all of the contact after that as we're rotating around each other. It comes from a different place. It's a recognition of something else. That's what makes her so honorable. Well done, Rich. Jay New then went, saying, went on to say, serendipity, like the saunter from the mansion story. Your 50 was extremely direct and the words were an afterthought. You're on point about those two, for sure. For sure. Justin H said you acknowledged her either because she looked older, it was the necklace, or you vibed with the energy she was putting off. Incorrect, incorrect, incorrect. Not because she looked older. I'm indiscriminate. Whether she was, whether she was 16 or 20, uh, I, I, I honor all presence. Whether it's a 13-year-old at the basketball court or whether it's a 40-year-old pushing me up against the bar fucking at 2 a.m. Doesn't matter. I honor all presence. Age is not a thing for me. Sexual progression is a legal thing, but in terms of honoring presence, age is independent. Non-factor. Uh, definitely had nothing to do with the necklace. Uh, red X there. And definitely, I mean, you say vibed with the energy, but the reason why I give you a red X on that one as well is because that could mean anything. It's not specific enough. Nice try though. Jay Newton went on saying, you expressed your intent walking up to and past that group. Absolutely, yeah. And then went on to say, it's energy that reached you before you ever reached her. Yeah, what Jay's building off there is what Richo said, in which that Richo said, I made contact with the entire group. Yeah, I don't just look at one. I make eyes of all of them. She's the only one that didn't lower the gaze, which means, and to what Jay's saying there, it's energy that reached me before I ever reached her. Well done. Well said. Kakashi went on to say, her being able to mesh with your masculine energy was the key. Uh, I think I would reverse the wording there. I would say that what was key was that she had energy that could mesh with my masculine energy. There is a slight difference there that if you really want to get into the weeds with it. But for the most part, I know what you're saying. 
there's a reason. What I'm saying there is that there's a reason which makes her available to mesh with my masculine energy. It's not just the fact that she was able to, if that makes sense. Distraction then went on to say, in quotes, a woman doesn't lower her gaze. That's powerful. Thank you. It is powerful. When you walk through the streets, one of the biggest things, if you guys are out going there learning how to meet women in the day, uh, in the clubs is a little bit different because there are other influences involved that would allow someone to hold gaze because inhibitions have been let go through alcohol and drugs. But if you walk through the streets, you can pick out your dime pieces, your diamonds, well before you even really physically understand what what their makeup is, what type of person this is. Just eyes. I've always said for this, hunt for the eyes. I say this to my clients all the time, hunt for eyes. That's all you do when you walk down the streets. You hunt for eyes. That will let you know whether you're attracted to them well before the size of their breasts, the size of their ass, the slimness of their waist. The gaze that they hold is the number one key determiner of attraction first before anything else. Then everything else definitely plays a part, subsidiary, but it's not primary. Because a true woman has the confidence to hold gaze. She's not scared to look at you in the eyes. If anything, she's eggy enough to test you, to see if you can hold yours. And that's what really brings together two beings. If you've if you got both got that level of confidence. Hey, you got a break? You got a break? In my most popular infield piece of content ever, the 410,000 view, how to open like a king. With that uh, really attractive Aussie girl, Melina, she... The way that I knew to approach her, which you guys didn't see before that, what was I doing before I met her? I was on the bench, just sitting down. Uh, Jordan and a few other guys were with me. And I just saw her walking by and she just looked me in the eyes. And that's it, I know. And I'm going up. And that's what I said to her. The first I said that I, I kind of caught your eye. If you guys remember that video, it's not available anymore. But the first thing I said to her was that, yo, excuse me, I was just sitting down by there, but you kind of caught my eye. And that's when she crossed her legs and she started giggling because she knew because we had exchanged eyes together. We held gaze together. Confidence. So that, my friends, wraps up this something I didn't even know we were going to go that deep into, which is this beach story. But it really has been an excellent description of the differences between boys and men, girls and women. Uh, now, let's sum it up because we're going to get into open Q&A now. But let's bring the summary here. The reason, why did I even bring up this entire beach scenario? Because we went very hard on D, on the guy who brought this story of making false gods and false en- false enemies out of sexual interactions and now having a false god in spirituality. We have destroyed that now. Whether he chooses to accept it or not, that's his journey and that's his life to walk. However, we went very hard on him and I just didn't want to flame him to the point of which that he feels like it's only him who goes through this. Now, this is the current state of boys in 2020 and that the current state of boys in 2020 is that they are so pervasive that there are very few men amongst boys. And what that is to say is that, well, because that seems like a mis- that seems like a incompatibility, like that's left- going left and right at the same time. What I'm describing there is that there are very few boys on the transition to manhood psychology. If I go down on the Friday or Fridays in which that it's balls hot, there's cool water, Friday afternoon, no one's got anything to do, and we go to the trendiest beach in all of Adelaide for this particular age group, 16 to 20s, 
And I went just there to physical training, by the way. I didn't know that it was going to be this intense because normally it's not. I don't know what happened that day that everyone, all the cool kids just decided today. And that if you get the collection of the highest ranking social hierarchical beings between 16 to 20, you put them all in one spot and you interject, inject a social dynamics coach who will observe and analyze and break down the very nature of what is being exchanged between the two different sexes. And what I come up with, what I come up with is that there were no men amongst the boys. There was only one who has the potential for transition, but I did not see a single boy on transition to manhood psychology. All I saw were egoically dived in, egoically attached, unscented, ungrounded. Boys that will remain boys even when they form into male men shells. There will be a lot of boys, based on what I saw here, that will be uh, that will end up becoming men that the boys just look like men. And this is the cream of the crop. And I look at that and go, well, D, who's up in the UK, who's in London, it's not just you. This seems to be an issue that is pervasive amongst the state of 16 to 20 roles in 2020, which is why I throw out those questions before. Of where, where's the guidance? Where's the leadership? It's like, that's why with D here, I'm, I've gone to extreme lengths to help him here because I've met this guy in person when I flew across the world for my first time to coach an infield boot camp, two of them, and we did a, we did a meetup in Hyde Park. I met this kid when he was 16. And now he's 20 and now he's gone so far off the path. That hurts. That hurts. But with a smile. It hurts because it makes me think, what did you do to go so far off the path? Who did you have to follow that would install the mindsets of the sexual objectification of women and that's the prize that you seek? Why, how did you get to that? Because you sure as hell didn't get it from me. If you've been following my content for the last four years, you sure as hell didn't get it from me because mine pushes in the complete opposite. We go in the direction of supreme excellence of boyhood to manhood psychology transition using the, the blessing of interaction with feminine beings as mirrors to improve our own inadequacies and flaws. That's what we do here at The Vault. What we do is that we go out and approach cold interactions, not so that we can seek validation, but so that we can seek fire that will show us, do we burn down or sharpen up? That we see the worst of ourselves, that we... That we go through these experiences not because we want to hold on to these women or hold on to the validation that these women give us with our friends, family, our own egos, but so that we can let do the very opposite, to let go of it, to realize that as I journey through sexual experiences with women, how that was never what I was after. What I was always after was the development of myself. And as I do develop myself, it just so happens sexual beings of feminine nature want to be around me. Beings of supreme excellence is what we are discussing here. So he sure as hell hasn't been following my content. Where have the leaders been? What are the other leaders saying? I don't know. I don't follow anyone else in this space. But uh, it's either the absence of leaders or it's that the current leaders are pushing something that is the total opposite of what I've been saying here. However it's happened, he's in the position he's in and this is what I'll finish by saying today. I met you at 16, you're now 20, you've fallen off the path big time. Does that mean that you could never climb back? Absolutely not. There is a path back. We've described it. We did the duplicate example of D1, which is you right now, how you keep 
who you will be in 10 years, you know what that's going to look like now. Pain. We painted out D2 though. What was D2 by the way, guys? Stops. Looks at himself in the mirror and goes, I've got a lot to learn. I probably never even had sex before. I may have physically entered many women, but I probably never had sex before. That's really the summary point here. You may have looked at many women, seen none. Entered many women, became none. So D2 actively now deletes all of his past experiences, deletes himself, deletes his limiting beliefs, starts anew, starts fresh and go, hey, start from square one. I need to learn to be of a woman. I need to learn to have sex with a woman without physically entering her. If that concept doesn't make sense, you've got a lot of work to do. You need to go back over this podcast because we've explained it quite in-depthly and quite uh, thoroughly. Your sexual-emotional connection is primary. Yeah, that's the path for him. That's your path forward. Uh, you go, you're not so old that your inlays aren't correctable. Not that you ever reach an age where you couldn't correct certain mindsets and paths. It's just the difficulty of which it is. It's much harder at 30 years old to correct deeply egoically attached ideas of sexual validation than it is at 20. Right? I work with both. I have clients that are both. That journey is much, much longer and much more arduous the more time in. The drier the roots, the harder they are to move. Right? You're still green. You've still got some moisture in there. Yet, the way that you messaged me here discussing regarding defilement, that you perceive sexual interaction as defilement and that you would rather go to spirituality, that is such a diseased mindset that that root will become dry in you know, probably a year. Like, you're not that green, is what I'm trying to say. But there's still time and you still got a chance. So, take a good look at yourself in the mirror and learn to see yourself. Stop looking for gods and stop making false enemies of things. Enter the solace of now. Let's go to open Q&A. So guys, when, when we hit a summary point, I go hard. I cut the shit and we get real. Jokes stop and we get real. That's what it is. Otherwise, uh, if it's all jokes, the points don't hit. So let's go to open Q&A. My friends, this is now a time. Oh, by the way, before we do, if you are enjoying this content, go ahead and hit a thumbs up on the video down below. Help support the channel. That'd be most appreciated. If you're listening to this and post, you got some thoughts, you got some feedbacks, you got some biggest takeaways from this session, drop them in comments on the actual YouTube video. It really helps the video out and also helps me to form new content as well. So it's much appreciated. Now, with open Q&A, if you guys have questions now on anything, social dynamics related, dating, relationships, whatever you want, human interaction, let's get it. I pretty much answer on anything. So also, if you'd like to support the channel, you can use the Super Chat option, which is a donation, which gets your question bumped to the top. I give more time to it. And uh, it's just highly appreciated. So I know there's one question. For those of you that had questions before, just copy and paste them now because there's a lot of chat. I'm not going to be able to drag them back up. But there is one that I will drag back up if Dr. Strange is not still here, which is the... Orgy situation with his wife, DP. We're going to get into that. I'll search for that one. But also, if you are here, Dr. Strange, please drop that again. If not, I'm going to roll with it. But let me just see what some of you had said based on 
what I just went on with that rant. <laughs> well, the summary. What I like, hope you will too, says, that's a very strange username. I'm just going to call him, call him the W. W says, I just found you out today and I see you do videos a bit like MJ Get Ready. Props to you keeping it up. Oh, thank you very much. I don't know who that username is, but uh, thanks. thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Distract on them when come to saying, damn bro, you just dropped some powerful stuff. Thank you, Distract on. I'm glad I hit home. So, you guys can drop questions on anything now, but I'm going. the first question I'm going to address is that that orgy DP Doctor Strange one. And I don't think he's here still in the chat, so I've got to drag back up this chat to find it. It was bloody ages ago. So just give me a second, take some breaths, take a piss if you need to, and we'll get this. There's so much chat, though. It's the scrolling. Here we go, Doctor Strange. Here we go. So first question for open Q&A. This is going to be a ripper. Absolute ripper. Fair dinkum ripper. Doctor Strange came in saying... Hello. Hello. My wife and I are active swingers. In one party, we went, she was getting it on with two dudes. And I felt jealous. Is that normal? That's all he's given us. I would love for him to still be here because I would ask a lot of follow-up questions. I need a lot more context about this. I need to know the nature of your se- the sexual nature between you and your wife. I need to know uh, what the other guys were doing. I need to know the very moment you felt the first ping of jealousy. I need to know a lot. I need to know the environment. I need to know at what stage in the experience it happened. I need to know what position that this got triggered in. I need to know, was it because that she was getting put on the spit? Was it because she was getting double-ended from behind? Was it because she was going both ways on the lollipops? What I need to know every detail to understand, to give you a better understanding of your jealousy. Because you've just said that she was getting on with two dudes and you felt jealous. That's way too broad. I need to, I need to know the trigger moment. What I'm saying here is that there is a trigger moment that happens. And since you're not still here in the chat, Dr. Strange, I want to give you a little bit of value by helping you with some homework in the post by saying that what you need to do is go and post and say, what was the trigger moment? I need to reflect on the experience that my wife was getting uh, sexually hammered by two other different dudes in the swinger party and I felt jealous. Why? Why and when? Why and when? Why did I feel jealous? What What are the feeling of jealous? What does jealous even mean? Get a good understanding. What does jealous feel like within me? Because jealous feels different. That's just a label. What you want to look at is the emotional response. When you saw your wife having sex with two different dudes, what was the emotional response? Was it a tensing of muscles? Was it a tightening of mind? Was it a raising of heat? Was it a sweating of palms? Was it as a dodging of eyes? Was it a reclusion of body language, self-comforting? Was it a rejection of the experience in terms of I moved away physically. I physically walked backwards. Was it an aggression of the experience in your jealousy in which that I wanted to get closer and try and separate it? Was it a, this is what I'm describing here. Understand what jealousy means because that word is two word. Not enough description, two word. 
So you want to understand what jealousy means first. When you understand what jealousy is for you, like what the response was, now why? Why did it happen? And actually, sorry, park the why, now when? What was the specific point? When did it happen? Because, hey, I don't have a wife and I certainly have not been in an orgy in which that she was getting DP'd. So I can't, yet I fully support the practice. Very encouraging of the practice. There's too much evolutionary biology and uh, description of our sexual nature that points to our proclivity to multiple person sex and not just multiple person sex, but multiple male to singular female. All you have to do is go and search up Gad Saad. He's done multiple podcasts of Joe Rogan. You could probably even find a few clips on it in JRE Clips, but he is one of the greatest intellectuals we have in 2020 and studies our sexuality and our, through evolutionary development. And he's discussed heavily the reason why the most popular form of pornographic material is two men to singular female or multiple men to singular female or female sharing multiple male in different scenarios. There's a reason why that gets the highest rank, why that turns men on more. A lot of evolutionary explanation for this competition builds into it. Sexual competition. And uh, it's something you've, something you've, uh, something that typical society steers us away from. You know, just the singular man and woman. But if you ever allowed yourself a night, an experience at a swingers party, at a sexual experience of multiple different genders, uh, even if you just want to go and hop on, hop onto the old Google and just watch yourself a little bit of DP and just see how you feel without coloring it with your, with your conditioning. And to just allow yourself to be present with it and see how you feel about it, what you notice is that you get a rise from it. And the people who deny getting a rise from it are denying something within themselves. It is hardwired within us. Now, that is not to say that everyone needs to or wants to to literally go out the door right now and uh, go have sex with a woman and another guy. I'm not saying that. You might not be ready for that right now. But the evolutionary hardwiring for us to see that as a desirable activity is much more than just our subjective do i like latino women or do i like asian women or do i like women with big hips or small tits it's not this there's something within your dna a competition mechanism that has been activated when a woman shows sexual proclivity towards multiple males there's a rise in biochemistry that happens within you neurologically physiologically there's a rise that happens within that. So so if you are to deny that, for sure, okay, deny that. But uh, we could put you to the test and we'll see what happens. I would recommend not denying it because our nature is our nature, at least evolutionarily speaking. So anyways, let's move beyond that, Dr. Strange. Let's get back to you here. You're saying that you're active swingers. That's an interesting thing because it means that you're actively doing this. So maybe you've actively been going to sex parties that don't include DP situations in which that your wife has is getting penetrated with two different males at the same time. So, but you haven't specifically stated that either. So I can't make that assumption, but you are saying though that when she did get it on with two different dudes, you felt jealous. Is that normal? 
I just want you to understand when it happened. What was the, when was the trigger moment? Was it when she started kissing them? Was it when she was getting the double lollipops? Was it when she was getting double ended from the behind? Was it when? Uh, what point? Understanding when is very important because it speaks to when the trigger point happens, and then you can unpack it, and then you can realize actually, let's say for example. It was when she was sucking double lollipops and that's when you got triggered. That's when your jealousy, however that arose, which we've discussed, got triggered within you. What about that position then? What about that moment triggered it? You start to understand this and you start to look at what inadequacy is happening within me because everything that's going on here when we talk about jealousy is a reflection, an outward external reflection of your internal inadequacy. The only reason why you feel jealous is because you are insecure within yourself. Otherwise, there is no reason to be jealous. We discussed this last week with that young, that young boy who is demonstrating a lot of jealousy for his woman who is getting hit up by other men, not sexually, not in this situation, not as aggressive as this situation, but just in general, by other simps, as you guys like to refer to them as. Same thing. He was insecure about something within himself. Insecure either about her leaving him or insecure about him not being enough, whether it's external or internal, different ways of uh, thinking about it or different ways it could manifest. So with you, when you look at the trigger moment, the trigger moment will speak to what inadequacy is happening within you. It could be that you have a fear about that position, that maybe she's enjoying that position more than she does with you. That So what I'm talking about here is that it could be an external jealousy manifesting or an internal one that's always a result of your insecurity but whether it's projected outwards or inwards that's only only you're going to know that only you're going to understand that i've just been waiting to get to this topic for a long time you guys could tell i've been waiting to discuss this for a long time that's why i had all that evolutionary biology backed up (laughs) man man There's no use in denying your sexual nature. It's going to come out anyway. And I'd rather it come out in a healthy way, healthy manifested way, not unhealthy. So he then went on to say, also, is it normal? Is the jealousy normal? Well, that's, uh, Dr. Strange, that's like asking, are insecurities normal? The very definition of answering that question would be no. No, they're not normal if being normal would be to not have them. You say everyone has insecurities, and so that must be normal. Well, maybe if your definition of the word normal means that it's very frequent and pervasive. Yet that's not my definition of normal. When I say normal, I think healthy. When I think normal, I think healthy. Is it healthy to have insecurities? No. Is it healthy to have these these trigger moments in response? No, it's not healthy. So to answer your question now, to get to a fine point, Let's, let's throw out the word normal and just say healthy. Is it healthy for you to feel jealous when you see a woman getting down with two different guys? Absolutely not. Speaks to your insecurity, speaks to your attachment, speaks to you thinking of ownership as well. There's a lot of ideas of ownership going on in your mindset, at least with a lot of different uh, men that I've seen as well that get into DP situations. They get a little bit of that. Is something that I own being taken away from me? And that's why they won't allow it to happen. Extremely unhealthy. You never owned her to begin with. (laughs) Let's be real here. Let's be real. So if you guys have any more follow-up questions on this whole multiple male, singular female, sexual development, biology, 
DP situation. Feel free to ask more questions, but I'll move on from this now. Thank you, Dr. Strange. Distracon says, I got a question. What workouts do you do to get shoulders like that? Uh, so my workouts are primarily utility and strength-based. So everything. Swim, run, lifts, strike, crawl. I, I climb up poles. I climb in the sand. I, I do everything. I do everything. But uh, specific, specifically, if you want to... So that's what I do. But if you want to specifically bring up your shoulders, any form of press, particularly you want to segment around a heavy lifting strength exercise, such as a military press, if you've got great shoulder range. If you don't have great shoulder range, I'd recommend a landmine press, which reduces the range, which reduces the potential for injury. Ideally, open up the range in your teres minor and in your serratus and lats so that you can get full overhead press. And that's going to be the king. That'll help you to lift the greatest amount of weight in that overhead standing position and so let's say that you start a shoulder workout with that you do five sets five reps each right take at least three four minutes rest in between each set and you look you're looking at five reps on the first set whatever weight you can do for five reps then for the remaining four sets after that keep the same weight but let the reps drop over time, the weight keeps increasing as you get better and better. Once you can start to hit five sets of five, increase the weight. That builds up the overall strength. It's a real mass builder. But then once you're done with that, if you want to go a bodybuilder way about it, you can use lateral raises. You can use pulleys. You can use cables. Anything lateral hits the lateral head of the delt. You can use anterior. I'd hate those movements though. They're so boring. Uh, so for me, I, would, I like to do real functional movements. Right, that's why I said um, presses are always going to be key. But for shoulders, have you ever tried to throw a rope? Have you ever tried to smash a rope into the ground? The first thing that fatigues, uh, the first thing you fatigue is your grip if your grip's not strong enough. But after that, shoulders. Your shoulders get destroyed by the battle ropes. Battle ropes are great for shoulders. Uh, it depends on what type of training you're looking to do. There are a million uh, bodybuilding exercises, but for me, a key strength is an overhead press, whether it's going to be military press or landmine press. And then after that, I want some type of metabolic conditioning, whether that's good at swimming, incredible for the shoulders, uh, battle roping, incredible for the shoulders, climbing a pole, climbing a rope, incredible for the shoulders, um, throwing med balls, smashing ball slams. It goes on and on. All right. But uh, yeah, there you go. Moving on past this. Richard J says, I have a question, but he didn't even ask it. Kakash then went on to say, but the reason, by the way, just to get back to that shoulder question, the reason why I mentioned press, not only because it's the most functional and it's the one that's going to give you the greatest yield is because uh, if if you don't have any other exercise, you can do an overhead press. You can do it with kettlebells. You can do it with dumbbells. You can do it with a barbell. That's why overhead press is king. And you're using your entire body while doing it. Kakash then comes in saying, in quotes, both ways on the lollipop. Kakash, I'm not sure if you've had a threesome before, uh, particularly DP, in which that it's you and another guy or a girl, but you've got to get the lollipop going, son. So, both ways of the lollipop. 
By the way, what's the reason why I bring that up, Kakash, is because uh, when you're in those situations, it's good to have like funny little phrases for positions rather than saying, uh, okay, so I want you to perform fellatio on my uh, genitals while you also do that to our gentleman friend here. How about just both ways of the lollipop? <laughs> Let's go. Like, it's just a lot easier to say. You guys says I love that. Okay, Richo's got a question now. Let's go, Richo. He says, I had sent you to on WhatsApp. You asked for more context, but I'll just summarize here. Basically, an escort cried during having sex with her, which I'd never experienced before. I've been with a few escorts before, just now and then thing, just a now and thing, just every now and then thing. I always connect with escorts, though. I connect with all women, in fact. Why would she cry? Because she seemed very happy. So, Richo, Richo and, I have had, and I have had a bit of back and forth for this on WhatsApp. And Richo, my answer is not changed, but I'll give you the same answer here, which is that I need, I need to sit down with her to answer that. Only she could bring this up. So you guys, are, the main point of what Richard is asking here is that he was having sex with an escort and she started crying and Richard freaked out. And he's like, well, hang on a second, what's wrong? And she goes, no, no, it's nothing. I just had something in my eye. You know, I had something in my eye, but actually she was clearly emotionally upset. Richard reached out to me asking me about this and why would a woman cry during this experience? I say it could literally swing from she had a bad day because someone dropped a coffee on her earlier and that is just stuck in her mind to the far end of that her having sex with you has reopened the depths of her hurt locker in which that she's now having an existential crisis on her decisions in life to be an escort. The reason why a woman could cry could swing between the two. Just the fact that it happened while she was having sex with you, that shouldn't be such a focal point for you, Richo, because she is an escort. This is her full-time gig. So unless she's a brand new escort, that would give us more reason to think it's to the the uh, the latter, towards the far end of ex- existential crisis. If she's a new escort, maybe that's that would give us a little more reason. Still, be conjecture though. I know some women that cry just because a woman wore the same dress to her as at work, right? Or her best friend brought the same uh, dish to the same party. Like they both they both brought the smashed avocado. And it's like, that gave her a reason to cry. It's like, you know, some women are just very emotional that way. It's like, fuck. Yeah. So I'm not going to be so foolish to conjecture that the reason why she started crying while you two were having sex was because she had an existential crisis in that moment, was questioning her decisions in life. And maybe even something about you that maybe you reminded her of a past previous partner that had hurt her. Maybe there's some sexual abuse going on in which that she's trying to uh, over-acceptance mentality. She's become an escort now because she finds that she's been sexually abused before and now this is all she knows, that her purpose in life is to be in the sexual realm, the commerce of flesh. And that's all she knows and this is the best way she can survive. I'm not going to be so foolish to say that that's what I think is happening. It could be, but it could also very much be that Someone dropped a coffee on her earlier that day, which made her look a little bit goof. 
And other people thought, hey, that girl's goofing up right now. And that made her feel a little bit self-conscious. And then it just so happened while she was having sex with you because she is an escort and that this is just a run-of-the-mill thing for her that she's actually not conscious or present with you so that something in her unconscious got popped up. And it's like, fuck, I looked like a goof before. And she just let out a bit of a tear because she got a bit upset with herself. I'll give you both. I'll give you both. And I think that helps because giving you both helps. Giving you both helps. Never assume. Richo, how about this, my man? What's more important for you to know and for us to ask, hey, for the rest of you in the social Q&A, what was the big mistake Richo made? What's the red flag in this story? The red flag is not her crying. The red flag is how Richo responded. What, what was the mistake? What was the mistake that Richo made? That's put us in this position. What's the mistake, the red flag that Richo made that's put us in this position where I can't give you a solidified conjecture, uh, not even conjecture, but a solidified, I'm quite sure it's this, or I'm quite sure it's this. There is a mistake that Richo made that has put us in this position. What was it? So up in the chat. I don't want to move past this because if you guys are going to come up here in the social Q&A and ask me questions, don't come to me with questions that don't give me a possibility of giving you a real answer. Otherwise, we're just jacking off here. Otherwise, we're just fapping about. Like, Yeah, it's cool to talk about, but let's actually get some real learns from this. The actual learning point here is not about her. It's about him. He forgot to do something that would actually give us real clarity. I think Jay New might be able to answer this the best. But anyone who switched on might be able to answer that. I'm going to move past it because I want to keep rolling if you guys aren't ready to answer that question. And I'm just going to go to a different question, but I might come back to it. Oh, Jay New's come up with the first answer. Jay New comes in saying, he drew attention to it, but didn't leave himself out of it, which is why she immediately responded that it wasn't him. That, that itself was a mistake, yes, However, that's not like that's a mistake within the experience, like a micro thing within the experience. That's not the mistake that led to why we can't have a real chop here, why we can't really get something useful from this. Terry, oh, T Frank comes in. I haven't seen you in ages, T Frank. Good to have you here. T Frank comes in saying he didn't directly communicate with her. You've hit the title, bang on. You just need to give me some specific. What does that look like? T Frank, what does that look like? You're on the money, but you need to finish it. You're close to the Zenny. You haven't got Zenny yet, though. Jose comes in saying, after my best date with the girl, I've gone the deepest in love and eventually sharing our first sexual experiences, she started crying. When I asked why, she said her father had cancer. That's powerful. However, not quite relevant to the question that we're asking, Jose. Thank you for sharing, though. I appreciate that. Not, that's definitely not an answer to our question, though. T. Frank was the closest. I'll give you literally two more seconds because I don't want to spend too much time on this. If you guys don't come up with what's, what his number one mistake was that put us in this position. Why are we in this position? Why am I in the position where I had to conjecture between she got a coffee spilled on her, that's why she cried while having sex with him, or she's having an existential crisis and questioning her choices in life, that's why she's crying. Why can't, why can't I give you any solidified idea? What did he not do that puts me in that position? That speaks to a real, not only a problem for us, 
but a problem in his actual tactical execution. Okay, W comes in saying, makes her feel, make her feel comfortable or the lion should take her out first. Or the lion should take her out first, something? I don't know what that bit means, but the make her feel comfortable is a little closer, just not specific enough. You'd have to tell me why, how he's going to do that. Jose comes to saying, it might be anything. I just earned to share, need to breathe in with his partner. Oh, he said, I just wanted to share, need to breathe in with his partner. Okay. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Just wasn't answering the question. Jay New then says, he didn't clarify what he what he generally wanted to know. That, here we go. Jay New says, he didn't clarify that he generally wanted to know why. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. Distracker went on to say, he didn't communicate much. Too general, but you're on close. Too general, though. Jay New hit specific. He didn't clarify that he generally wanted to know why. So what would have been the correct move in that position that would not only give us now in post an ability to actually break down the experience and to actually learn something from it, which we can't because too much conjecture. In the moment, if a woman starts crying while you're having sex, well, we need to stop everything and help her heal herself. Help her help herself. We're going to stop having sex with her. Even if she says, no, it's nothing, it's nothing. Now, remember, she's an escort, so he's paying for this. Her as a human being is more important to me than the money I've, I've given to her. I'll say to her, like, keep the money. Let's just sit down and talk. You're a human being. You're starting to cry. I'm not going to, don't give me this, uh, no, it's nothing, it's nothing. The reason why she's saying, no, it's nothing, it's nothing, is because he's not making a genuine attempt to actually understand why. To play it off a point that Jay just said. Didn't clarify that he genuinely wanted to know why. If it's me, I've never actually been to an escort. I probably should do some research. Like, I probably should actually. I, I always say to myself, I probably should go to an escort just to see what it's like. But then the quote from George Costanza always goes by in my mind of, why pay for something when if you applied yourself, you might be able to get it for free? Okay, if you actually became supreme excellent being, you wouldn't need to pay for it. Anyways, put that to the side. If it was me in that situation and she starts crying, I go, hey, hey, listen. I don't understand why you're crying, but this is not okay. I need to understand you. I need to understand what's going on here. It's like, don't worry about the money. You're not going to lose any money. Let's just sit and talk. And I just want to listen to you and really make her feel like I care about you as a human being first. Which is, I know it's a hard thing to marry because you've gone to an escort, which means that you're not there to care for her as a human being first. You're there to care for sexual penetration first. So it's a bit of a misnomer, which is why I wouldn't, which why I haven't been in that situation. But if you did find yourself in that situation, that is the move to play. Ah, good. Richo then comes in saying, yes, I didn't, but it was because of her reaction. She said she had a cold, but very firm with my question, brushing it off. I thought it wasn't my place to ask. Well, well, you're definitely correct, Richo, in that it wasn't your place to ask, but what was your place? To be a masculine being, to be a leader of the emotional space, and to meet her with a level of empathy that overrides and goes, hey, listen, you may not be feeling cool with telling me about why it is that you're crying, but the situation as is cannot continue until you explain why or at least start to open up. So not that I would say it to her in that way. That's, that's the framework that you're operating on. The way it comes out is that, hey, listen, I know I can see something's going on. You don't even have to tell me why, but I just want to talk with you. 
I just want to slow things down and just get real for a second and just, you know, don't worry about the money. We'll just talk, you know, let's get to know each other. And then slowly, piece by piece, when she shows you're adamant about this and that she's not worried about the financial thing, that you actually care for her as a human being first and that's primary, then she is likely to open up. That's what you. That's your big mistake there. Okay. That's you, that's what you, the rest of the people in this chat will learn from more than actually the experience itself. How you handle the situation. Wouldn't let that slide. Definitely not. Okay. So going back up, there were some other questions. Distracon had come in saying when we were talking about the guy who's getting jealous of two guys having sex with his wife at a swingers party. Distraction said, oh, maybe he's salty because he can't satisfy her like the two guys. Well, no one man is going to physically going to be able to satisfy that because he's only one man. He's only one piece. It's physically impossible. But there's no reason why he couldn't join in and he couldn't have got three, her with three guys at the same time, two in the back, one in the front. Uh, There's no reason why he couldn't join in, even if he didn't want to go three at the same time. But just So he's not just salty because... He can't satisfy her like the two guys because he's involved. He's involved in it. Yeah. Okay. W comes in with the next question saying, W says, he says, why would someone stick around knowing that they can talk to anyone else on their phone, but choose not to? In brackets, have you ever talked about long distance relationship? Yeah, W, one of the greatest podcasts of my, one of my favorite all time It's one of the best of the best over the last 180 episodes or whatever. There's an episode called How to Manage Long Distance Relationships. It's one of the most inspirational you'll ever listen to. It's a BDP. It's not a social Q&A. Bloody tremendous. Tremendous. Incredible podcast. So I have covered it, but your question doesn't make a lot of sense. You say, why would someone stick around knowing that they can talk to anyone else on their phone but choose not to? I don't understand that. What? Why would someone stick around knowing that they can talk to anyone else on their phone but choose not? I, that just doesn't make any sense, mate. You've got to find a different way of rephrasing that. I can't. I know if, if you're talking about in the context of a long-distance relationship, why, what? Nah, it just doesn't make sense, mate. Try, have again, try again. Try asking again in, in a clear way. It just... This doesn't make sense. It literally just doesn't make sense. Richard then gave some context on the escort situation, saying that she's not brand new. She's two years and she'd been doing it. Yeah, so she's a working girl. And said, I have my question answers, though. Basically, I was responsible, but I wasn't responsible. It just happened, basically, you're saying. Uh, for, it definitely happened. For whatever reason it happened, you don't know because you didn't take the time to stand up and let her know that you genuinely cared. Jay New then comes in with the next question saying, you mind going over the lack of men? Hang on, hang on, hang on. You mind going over the lack of men among boys in today's societies? What actually has happened since you were a lad? That's right. You had asked about this before. Because you were asking about, is it a lack of women or is it a lack of men for the reason why there's so many boys around? It's both. There's both. It's just, it's worse on the male end. There seems to be more 
are women than men. Okay, there seems to be a lot less girls than there are boys. This is what I'm saying. When I see, when we go back to that beach example, Jane knew, which was that of the girls that were there, of these hundreds of really attractive females, they weren't as bad as the boys. The boys were so, so bad. They were so boys. They were so egotistically unpresent and just, they're so unashamed in their lack of maturity and development. It's just like, it's almost like they took pride in it. It was so aggressive. But with the girls, while they still, there was still majority of them were still just girls. There weren't a lot of women around. They weren't as bad. They, they were not as far gone is what I'm trying to say. While they still were as unscented, ungrounded, and unpresent and just not really that mature altogether. I wouldn't want to spend more than an hour with them. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't want to spend more than 10 minutes with most of them, to be honest. Despite how physically attractive they are, they're just they're so far off in their mind development. They're not as bad as the boys. So to that's just an interesting thing I want to bring up. But to Jay's uh, deeper question, more pertinent question, going over the lack of men among boys in today's societies. So what he's actually speaking to there is where are the leaders? Where are the men that were supposed to be guiding these boys? Yeah. Yeah, and he and when he says what has actually happened since you were a lad. So let's start there then, Jane Nu. When I was a lad, when I was in high school, there was a real division in a good way. There was real separation in a good way. You could very clearly tell when I rocked up on day one of year eight, which in South Australia is the first day of high school. So I'm thirteen years old, just graduated from primary school graduated, right? Just finished off my, uh, my seven years in primary school. Finished year seven, going to first day at the big high school now. So you know, you got your tiny, your small primary school, and then you go to a different big high school. Now there's 1,500 students going in here. That age range from 13 to 18, from year eight to year 12s. We spend five years in high school in South Australia. So that's a huge development gap. If you think about the day one year eight, as I was, to the Final year, year 12. What you're seeing there is like almost physically developed men, almost, and then little boys. You got these guys operating in the same space. So when I was a young lad and I was going to my first day of high school, clear division between who the year 12s were and who the year 8s were, clear division between who the older brothers were. You You just could see it by looking that because my brother was a year older than me, so when I so he was only in year nine when I went to year eight, but at my first recess and my first lunch, and uh, and my brother brought all of his friends around, I felt like such a baby, like such a fish, I felt like such a fish because when because Lou's like, hey, is my younger brother, and you got all of his other one, they're only one year older than me, yet they're several years of maturity older than me, just because they've been through one extra year in this thing we know as high school at the time in which that high school had such evolution of masculine leadership. So so the one year difference doesn't seem like a lot, but it does if your entire year was spent being around leadership. That does a lot to a young boy. So that's why the year nines, year nines seemed very old compared to year eights in the same way that year tens seemed very old to year nines. That's the way it used to be. Clear evolutionary development stages like that a year spent in high school 
was a lot of development is what I'm speaking towards now. Yet, when you fast forward to 2020, why is that not happening? Why so many boys? Because that's what naturally took care of boyhood to manhood psychology in when I was coming up. When I was coming up, that when I was going through high school, that in order to get to being the guys that were at year 12, you learnt from them and everyone before them. You learnt through year 9s, 10s, 11s and 12s every single year going through your journey. So you actually see it's actually quite a compounding effect of, of, of guys that are stronger, not only physically but more mentally. Why is that not happening now? Where did the lineage go? Where was the break? Where was the break? It's a very interesting... It's, I don't really have the answer to it. I don't think there is one answer to it. But if I had to conjecture, if I really had to stand here and think about it, some of you brought up the easiness of society. Yeah, but society was still pretty easy when I was going to high school. We still had air conditioning. We still had cars. I'm not that old. Right? While the PS3 had just been released. When that's when I got into high school. PS3 had just been released. Right? Call of Duty had just taken off. Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. There's one thing that comes to mind, Jane Nu, and this this concept known as PC. Have any of you heard of this concept called PC? Not Windows, not Bill Gates PC. Politically correct. If there's any one factor that, because nothing else really stems out of me that could explain such a huge gap and such a huge absence of, of men amongst boys that would guide them into their manhood psychology. It's like because gyms are still here. Gyms are still here. Physical training is still here. So the tribal environment to conduct the transition from boys to men is still here. Uh, women's still here. So the reflection of mirrors is still here. Girls going through their transition to feminine. So that, that reflection is still here. Not a lot has really changed. Porn was still available when I was, not as readily, like it's hard to get. You would, you would take an entire afternoon to download a video when I was 13. <laughs> you go on some, some ridiculous speeds on Livewire, like slow. You'd start downloading a file at 8 a.m. You come back at 3 p.m. and it wouldn't be finished. So pornographic material, though, was still available, especially as I got later on in high school. It's still available today. It's not the porn. Porn was still pervasive when I was in the, when I was in high school. So that's still everything else seems to seem to be the same, except this advent or reinvention of political correctness. We've been through waves and stages of political correctness in human history. Right? It's it seems to be the swinging between the far right and the far left, and then when you go too far in one direction, when the pendulum swings too far in one direction, you get a aggressive reaction, and it swings very hard in the opposite direction. And so you experience these periods of extremely extreme conservatism, extreme republic nature, for those of you in the US, right? Extremely uh, liberal in Australian politics, not the not, doesn't speak to the U.S. terms of liberal, but the Liberal Party in Australia, very conservative. But then you go, but then it swings back to hard left with Labor on the far left, very greeny, very socially, 
very socialist. And we seem to be in that period right now. And if I look back at my development and what's been going on in the last 10 years since I was a kid, when I was a kid, politically correct didn't exist when I was a kid. It was perfectly fine to refer to things you didn't like as gay. Man, that's so gay. Don't be gay. Right? The kids say, hey, man, like, if you wore a pink shirt to school, people call you gay. As in, it's a bad thing. But it was acceptable. It's like, dude, dude, that haircut is so gay. Right? People, that was an acceptable vernacular. It's not acceptable now, though, is it? You could dress up as anything when I was in high school. You could dress up as whatever you want. Cultural appropriation was not a term when I was in high school. No one gave a fuck. In fact, the more outlandish you could be, the better. Me Too movements. Extreme scarce, scarcity-based mentality and fear-mongering mentality around human sexuality was not existent when I was in high school. When I was in high school, boys were boys, girls were girls. Right? That to be sexually interested in a girl was not something to be ashamed of, to be oppressed by, to express feelings of this nature was not something to be frowned upon. Yeah, this is what is being taught in schools now. Uh, the idea of gender itself was, if you went back to when I was in high school, to even discuss gender as an issue, like it's an, it's up for debate, whether you're a boy or a girl, you would have been laughed out of the school. You would have been sent to, to Minda, for, to, which is a mental institution here in South Australia, you had been classified as mentally insane. If you walked into year 10 biology with Mrs. Palumba, Mrs. Palumbaro, and you said, and when you were going through the different XY chromosomes, and she said, and you said to her, but hang on a second, even though I have an X and Y, I think I'm XX. Or if a girl said, even though I'm XX, I think I'm actually XY. That's it. You have to now refer to me as a boy. That's it. Because I say that I'm a girl. You have to refer to me as a girl. If you had said that only, that was 2012 when I was in high school, when I graduated, you would have been put into a mental institution. If you tried to question the very laws of nature, you would have been put in a mental institution and you would have had to take some therapy. But now, this seems to be normal. This seems to be legit. Now, this has got some cred behind it. Yeah, I don't know where that, I don't know how we got to that point. I think some very vocal far leftists got us to that point. A minority for sure, because the majority certainly do not believe that, but a very, very vocal minority. Anyways, the reason why I brought this up is the only thing I can look at that stopped boys from becoming men in the last 20 years. It's the only real like thing where I can see that would cause huge issues. If boys are no longer celebrated for becoming men, if the idea of becoming a man is frowned upon, ashamed of, if, if you're actually being actively deterred from expressing your masculine energy, that would cause a huge issue, I could see. And so, where does this huge gap, where's the missing link of why are there so many boys and where are all the men? Well, it makes sense. If boys have stopped being allowed to become men, shamed because of becoming it, well, that means there would be less finality, less maturation 
of boys that do become men that would then give the lineage of leadership. So if I was to go into high school right now, I would guarantee as a day one, year eight, that the differences between a year eight, year nine, year 10, year 11, year 12 would be blurred, be very blurred. Because when, when I was at the beach, just the beach, go back to the beach story. I said 16 to 20 year olds. A 16 year old in Australia is in year 10 most of the time. A 18 year old is typically a year 12. But when I looked at all these boys down the beach, I couldn't tell the differences between who's a year eight and who's a year 10 or who's a year 10 and who's a year 12. Other than their physical differences, in terms of their social dynamics, they're all boys. They're all year eights. Whereas when I was in high school, it was so clear that that's a year 12 and he's basically a man at this point, right? Not just because he's got hair on his chest and he's got some grizzle under his chin, because the way he holds himself, because of the way that the year 12 girls respond to him, because of his powerful masculine energy, because of the fact that women want to fucking mess with him. Not because he's just physically jacked, right? Not because of that, that he's got so much testosterone pumping through him, but because his aura of physical presence says, that's a, that's a young man right there. And I'm a young boy. That was so clear when I was in high school. If I was to go into the high schools now, I don't think that's happening. Because I've seen it. I'm seeing it out in the public when these collections of, of kids get together. It's like it's not it's not so easy to tell. It's not so easy to tell. So I think the politically correct leftist movement that where we swung really hard in the last decade to decade and a half is the primary reason because of the shaming of men, which reduces the amount of actual men there are, which makes a scarcity of leadership, which means that the downstream effect is that if there aren't men having sons that teach sons how to be men, how would the sons learn to become men? They wouldn't. They would forever perpetually remain boys, fearful, indirect, incongruent, inauthentic, unable to express sexual energy, unable to take uh, responsibility for themselves, aren't in the pursuit of sexual, uh, sexual and supreme excellence in all facets of life. Makes sense. Of the guys that I know, I was just chatting with uh, old Mick. I was chatting with Mikhail. We tried to do a podcast, but the Wi-Fi was uh, fucking up big time. Uh, Mick's a man. Mikhail, Mikhail Kuga, I've had him on the podcast a couple of times. I chatted to him just the other day. He's a man. He's a real man. If I think about what... It, he's made that transition. His bridge, his bridge is built. He's working on the bridge, always refining it, but his bridge is foundationally built. Mick isn't politically correct. Mick doesn't mind mind me throwing out a few words here and there. Mick doesn't mind. Mick Mick calls it what it is. Mick doesn't try and appease everyone's feelings. He just says what he says and owns it. He's not concerned of what anyone thinks about him in that regard. He's not trying to be politically correct. Neither am I. Mick's a man. The guys that I like to hang out with are not politically correct. They're just they're just real. They know we know what intent is. We know that if we say something that's offensive, it's probably a joke that we didn't have intent to hurt someone. Because that's we're good guys, we're good guys, we're good people. Right? A, a man, a true man, wouldn't go out of his way to try and hurt someone. Uh, you know, we'd never go up to a gay person and say, hey, you're a faggot, or you're a gay person, fuck you. No man's going to say that, right? That's a deeply damaged boy saying that, reflecting his own insecurities. Lost our way here. Lost our way here in society. So 
for those of you wondering how you could get on the path then, which is that find, seek out the few remaining men and shut out everything else. Do not listen, do not, do not listen to Fox News. Do not listen to uh, Channel 9 News. Do not listen to these uh, socially hard-wing leftists that are trying to curtail your very language and vernacular and sexual expression. Shut all that out. At the same time, don't go so far to the KKK. Right? Don't go so far to the Ku Klux. Don't go so far to uh, extremely toxic masculine energy that's red pill. Because red pill only exists because of the hard blue pill because of the hard feminists red pill only came out as a result of a reaction to hard feminism red pill never had to exist red pill is just as toxic as hard feminism right they're just as bad as each other there is a sweet middle it's called being direct congruent authentic becoming a supreme excellence being of supreme excellence becoming an honorable person that treats everyone with respect with respect and with empathy and having the kindness to care for them, regardless of your own egoic desires. That's, yeah. Treating women as objects, and sexual defilement, and fucking transact on women, that's hard, that's hard red pill. Saying that even having sexual energy, and being a masculine being, and that you should be ashamed of that, because that's not right, because you're taking away the freedoms and rights of women to be women. That's hard feminism, that's not right either. Seeing each other as we are. Care and compassion for everyone. Honoring our sexual energy and presence as it always has been. Why, how could you swing either way when that's in the middle? And it doesn't seem that complicated, does it? Being a good bloke. Being a good lass. Just being a respectable person who contributes to society. Who looks to, if they are interested in having children, to raise children that would be of the same principle. Principles, right? But so then, because then you go, but how how does anyone swing to red pill? How does anyone swing to feminism? They get shut in to an echo chamber. They find they through experience, one experience they had, maybe they got a girl got rung done, rung done by by a guy. Maybe a girl who's previously in the middle got rung done by by a red pillar. Pushes her to feminism. Gets in with a whole bunch of feminist groups, shut down echo chamber. That's all she hears. That's all she listens to. That's the way she sees the world. How's a red pillar become a red pillar? He's probably just a nice guy. Got cheated on by, by a bit of a shit girl. He's just a nice guy. Got cheated on. Didn't realize why he's getting cheated on because he was just a nice guy. Wasn't providing the correct direct energy. He interprets that as, well, I got fucked over by women. So red pill, fuck women then. Echo chamber, shut it down. Only listen to red pill people. Only interact with those people and that's it world perception formed that's how these things come in so then you go but i don't know shouldn't the surely they i'm not the only one who's out there saying how about just be a good bloke how about just be respectable direct congruent authentic empathy love compassion i'm not the only one who's saying that i'm sure so why are there so many people not hearing it when you get into your your chambers you don't hear anything else so jay i hope hopefully this speaks to Hopefully this answers your question as to where are all the men among boys? Like why aren't, why aren't boys being led into manhood psychology? Because we have more physical capability to create men than we ever have. We have the power of the internet in which that a young boy in Germany or in, in fucking London, the 16, who's now a 20-year-old, can listen to me in Australia and get guidance. 
So we have more physical capability than ever before in the history of human race to create men, yet there are so few. Political correctness is, uh, and what does that really mean when I say political correctness? Getting so hung up on the literality of our poor English language and not seeing intent underneath it. Not seeing why someone said it, but just looking at what they said. That is the death of women and men. That is the perpetuation of boys and girls. So, I think uh, we'll make that the last question, unless there is something that uh, hits me up. Otherwise, I'll just read some of you guys' responses and we'll get out of here. We've done over, we've done over four hours here. It's been a good sesh. I don't mind a four-hour sesh. <laughs> I love a four-hour sesh. Sorry. And I burn a lot of calories just standing up doing this and expressing so good. So it's good. It's good for me as well, physically. No, I already trained this morning anyway, so we took care of that, but I like it. So let's go back up the chat here. Distract on coming saying, man, you're always getting me thinking. That's good, man. I'm glad that you are thinking. Good man. Richard says, thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. No worries, Richard. Thanks for being here. So Richard attempted to explain W's question that just didn't make any logical sense. Richard said, what he means is why would someone start texting you back and forth when they can text anybody else, I think. Yeah, see, I didn't think that's what he was saying, though. That ran through my mind, but then I re-read it, and I go, that didn't make sense. Benji Solis is up in here saying, hey, yo. Good to have you, Benji. Just a shocker says, oh, that PCBS. Yeah, it is bullshit. Richard says, political correctness, ha, that's a terrible invention. It's actually the reason Donald Trump became president. Lack of PC in a PC culture. Yeah. Donald Trump was necessary in terms of action and reaction. Not that I would ever advocate for having Donald Trump as the president, but he was certainly necessary to fight against the political correctness that's happening before that. But it's a a cycle of revenge because then it just hits back. What you need is a leader that will sit in the middle, that will stand in the middle. It's one of the things that has always impressed me about Joe Rogan the most is that he is one of the very few in the public eye that can sit in the middle that can entertain a hard leftist and a hard rightist and bring the middle. That's what is so impressive about Joe. Jay New then went on to say, you're so right. When I returned to my old high school, all the year 12 kids were not the leaders that I had encountered when I was a year nine freshman. Not only that, there are heavy regional differences. In the US, I changed high schools from Chicago to Cali which is a much more PC liberal state and noticed that when I was in Cali, all the year 12 kids were already fish. For the most part, actually, for the most part, eh, actually I struggled to name any guy who was a man. There were certainly women present though. Us for the revelation. Honestly, I've met an interesting number of men among the gay community, even if that's not the term they might use. They certainly have their own colorful language and no one can make them speak. Otherwise. Huh. Jay New then dropped the first super chat of $1.99 just saying thanks with the prayer 
and let's close with that mantra. We will. Okay, no worries. He wants to hit that mantra again, and we will close with that mantra for sure. Okay, so but just before we do that, there are some things I skipped over while reading your message. And we'll get we'll get back to that at the end for sure. Distraction says because a bunch of weak asses would rather make excuses than face reality. So much to the point that it's almost contextualized as being normal. That shit bugs me. In regards to political correctness, for sure. Yeah, oh, and Jay New, by the way, just to build off what you said about regional differences in political correctness and uh, men, women, and boys and girls, it's the same thing here in a microcosm in Australia that the communities that live closer to the beach are way closer to the development, true development of men and women. Beach kids that grow up in nature, that grow up on the beach and they grow up uh, out of the cities, they're way more developed and way more sound-minded than the city kids. That's something that we are, it's a big thing here in Australia. Beach kids are way more developed mentally in Australia than, not saying all of them, of course, but the ones that really live that life and their parents have lived that life have those old school principles. Uh, James McEwen, master physio, who I did a podcast with, on a turn energy podcast, he's like that and his kids are like that. Nature plays a big role in our development for sure. KP Productions came in saying sleeping around in spirituality. Yes, sir. <laughs> I don't know why he's saying that though. Benji Solis came in saying for a while I've been trying to understand how a man holds himself and project masculine energy naturally without having to think about it. What would be your advice on becoming masculine and just a man in general? Kind of relates to what you were talking about. I've, I think I just went on that. <laughs> I literally just did a full rant on that. You may have said that while I was talking. But something that might help you is my uh, short film, What is a Man? Uh, it's the channel trailer. You might want to check it out. Okay. Okay, excellent. So we're going to wrap up this session here. Siddharth number had just come in. Uh, is saying, what's up, boys? Good to have you, Siddharth. We'll just wrap up. You catch this replay at the end. But Jay New dropped a dollar ninety-nine US Super Chat, which I'm most grateful for. Thank you so much, Jay. Help support the show. And he wanted to close that mantra. So you guys might be thinking, if you just joined in, what mantra? So when we were breaking down the story, the backstory for this entire podcast, 16-year-old who I first met, now is a 20-year-old, and now is trying to divorce sexual interaction from spirituality and I went really hard on him I really flamed him to the core roasted him down in saying that you may have entered a lot of women yet you become none you may have physically penetrated a lot of women yet you had sex with none you think you've grown much you think you've learned so much by having these sexual interactions with these women but because of your what you've come out of it with thinking that it, help, it stops you from being spiritual, not realizing that sexual connection, sexual interaction is spirituality. That you actually learn nothing. That you went to the moon and you brought back nothing. And there was, uh, there's a certain set of phrasings and certain things I've been working on for the last 10 days and building upon in the last 10 days, which is this. And I'll finish with this. Speaking to D here as well, not only for Jay, but for D. If you haven't learned to have sex with a woman without physically entering her, you've got a lot of work to do. If you haven't learned to hold a woman without grasping her, 
If you haven't learned to see a woman without looking at her, if you haven't learned to breathe in a woman, and just hold that. If you haven't learned to see her without looking at her, if you haven't learned to die with her while living, you have a lot of work. You have a lot of work to do. Now that's me adjusting the context for D. I can say it one more time for J, which is in its raw form, which is this. To hold without grasping. To feel without needing. To see without looking. To die while living. This is the way to one. Whichever way you want to go. Sorry, I spilled my bottle. You can just adjust the context to whatever example you're in, but to understand what it means to hold something, to hold someone without grasping, to learn to feel someone without needing, to learn to see someone without looking, and to learn to die with someone while living. That's the way to one. You haven't had sex if, until you've hit those keys. And remember, those keys are just fingers. They're just branches. They point to the moon. They point to the core. They're a result of the core. I'm sure many of you have had sex. And not known that you were holding without grasping. Not known that you were feeling without needing. Not known that you were seeing while looking, without looking. Not known that you had died while living. Yet that's exactly what happens when you enter a true sexual moment with a woman. You both enter one. And it's just that D rops in my mind. He says he's got great results from game. Have you? I think you've, you've, if, if the word great refers to volume, you've certainly had a volume of results, but I would, wouldn't be so proud of them. I wouldn't allow my ego to be so proud of having physically entered so many women, yet not ever joined them in connection, not ever had true sex with them, brought the spirituality, brought the love into it with them. Hold without grasping. Feel without needing. See without looking. Die while living. If you guys want to know the backstory to that, it just started as me on one of my walks just looking up at the sky and go, have you ever held someone without grasping them? And I just worked on that for a day and I'll go out and walk the next day and then work on it again. Have you ever felt something without needing it? And so it, they, it built itself day by day. And on the third one, on the third day, if you've seen someone without looking a fourth day to die while living so it built itself day by day 
And then the final, the day, the fifth day was the final saying, which is, this is the way to one. Yeah, it builds itself. It builds itself. Well, at least I mean, that's how it happened. That's how it came about. Um, you can refer to it as a mantra if you want. It's just something that uh, I, I, I would more refer to it as, the reason why I'm standing so weird is because there's water all over the floor. <laughs> okay, let's just be with it. Uh, I would refer to it as a guide to life, a way to life, the way to living. Because you can apply all of those four principles to every single thing you ever do in life and you would not live a wasted life. If you could apply hold without grasping and you actually understand what that means, not only physically, but what that means in every aspect of life. We discussed that very principle with D. Jainu, we discussed that very principle with D. Remember I talked about the solace of now, the solace of presence of now? Going from attachment to attachment, this is what people do. They go from one attachment, which they made a false god, it burns down, they make a false enemy out of it, try to find a new god, a new attachment, but never stay in the source of now. That's, that, that is grasping and never holding. To hold the moment without grasping, having to need something else, the feel without needing. You apply all these principles. You can just break that down to your nutrition. To feel nutrition, to feel an animal's body entering yours without needing more. To feel if you guys eat plants, to feel a plant entering your body without needing more. Sexual validation, feel without needing it. Love from your parents, feel without needing it. Connection with your friends, feel it without needing more. Mastery of self, to feel it without needing more. You apply it with everything. See into people without looking. What does that really mean? To delete yourself out of the situation. See that attractive girl amongst 10 walk by. Look her in the eyes and see her without just looking at her. Break it down to one-on-one. If you've got an escort on top of you, having sex with you, she starts crying. To see her without looking. Richard was just looking at the situation. Wasn't seeing into her. Wasn't seeing her. Die while living. That's probably the, it's, they all build up to that, really. Die while living. If you've never had a sexual interaction in which that you didn't die while in the experience, I don't think you actually had sex, which is why that we, we went on this earlier on the podcast and we'll wrap with that. If you were still present during the sexual interaction, that's not sex to me. There is no love there. There is no passion there. There is no presence. Still you in your mind. Still you in your mind. You're still alive. Whoever you think you are is still alive and still rummaging around to die while living, to delete yourself and into the solace of now, the moment at hand. Apply all four of these principles to life would not be a wasted life. And I think would actually be the opposite. It would be such a fulfilled life. And I don't think you'll ever be done. I think it's the very nature of having an ego, living in the cities of the trees, cities of the cities, uh, world of the trees, world of the cities, harnessing your ego every day to master these four principles. Just do the very best you can. Right? Not looking for a finite or a final moment of completion, but just to go into every experience and looking to hold all four. And to know, more importantly, when you're out of all four. When am I with, with someone and I realize that I'm grasping them too tight? When there's a friend who's got a drug over addiction and I'm trying to force him to change his life. Am I really holding him or am I trying to grasp him? When I'm in conversation with people, am I really listening to them in order to respond or am I just listening to understand? Which one is it? 
you find yourself out of balance with these and you realize, ah, oh, I'm really feeling this and I really need it. What would, what would it mean to feel this woman without needing her? What would that look like? What would it mean to see my mother without looking at her and projecting all of my subjective conceptions, preconceptions, limiting beliefs, uh, expectations onto her? What would that mean if I just saw her rather than looking at her? Yeah, you can always you can use this in many different ways. Um, during my tai chi in the morning, you've been if you guys those that are listening on the podcast, you haven't seen the hand gestures. The hand gestures are uh, a really good Tai Chi-esque practice that I just I created as well just to go along with the words because the hand gestures mirror what the words are speaking of. So the first one is a raising of hands, empty, holding of our grasping. The second one, feeling without needing, the hands part. So it describes there's no needing here. See without looking comes down, hands come down like you're cupping a ball or making a cup. Because we're seeing now without looking, which means we're empty. And we're forming a vessel that's empty. And then finally, the final movement, to die while living, the hands come together. And when the hand comes together, what that shows is that you hold nothing. When hands come together and they slap like that, I hold nothing. Adam doesn't exist anymore. Deletion of self. I'm dead while living. So that's why the hand gestures are up, to the side, around in a cup, and then finally to the middle. Everything has a purpose of me. Everything. Everything. Uh, to the nth degree. To the nth degree. I think practice is important. I think it's important to, to form your own philosophies in life and practice them. Like not, not just to... Not just to take the wisdom of the dead, as Jane once said, but to take what they say and then to go and practice in your life and form your own ideas, form your own conceptions, yeah? And then pass them on to others, help others. So we'll finish it here. I'll just see, read out some of your responses and then we'll get out of here. Oh, Nick Demasi's up in here. Good to have you, Nick. You're at the end of the sesh. Uh, he says, how are we, brothers? We are good. Stragon says, you went to the moon and you brought back nothing. Damn, son. That's exactly what happened. Jose says, thanks, Sensei. I've watched several times your film, What Makes a Man. Well, it's what is a man, but yes. Uh, reflecting on it and working on it has given me groundedness on the 30-day challenge. Great sesh. Shout out to Jose, who's in the World Bowl group, and he's on the 30-day challenge. Excellent, Jose. I'm glad that you're staying more grounded. Benji Soler says, awesome, LeMail. W comes in saying, this young generation needs to hear that. Ha. Huh. Yes, sir. Distraction says that's why we've got to spread the message. Definitely. Get, break people out of their eco chambers. Push the message that they don't want to hear so they learn to grow. Justin H says, just could be present. Appreciate what you have without needing to have it. You only ha- ever have the moment right now, nothing else. Clap hands to that. Distraction says, what you would see without looking at her, there's love there. Actual love. That's what I couldn't put into words the other day. For sure. For sure. W says, the ways of dating when you was a kid was a lot easier on how things are now. Yeah, because of political correctness for sure. But at the same time, that's not something to get down on. That's something to get excited about. Because if you can be an upstanding man, then you separate yourself from the field. And it actually becomes easier at that point. Black belts amongst white belts. 
Kakash says, thanks for the great session today. I got distracted and watched some young boys become men on a CNN special. I have no idea what that means. If you mean that metaphorically, maybe you mean that literally. Either way, we'll wrap it up here. So Jnu, thank you for that super chat that led us on uh, to the way of life mantra. Let's just call it that. I just made it up then. Uh, thank you for dropping that. And I thank all of you for your presence. If you could, just before you do run out, drop a thumbs up on the video down below. Helps support the channel. If you're listening to this in the podcast on post, come back, drop questions. I always come back to them and they often form new content on the channel. Now, with this being said, guys, amazing time here. Time of my life, chopping up with you guys and who are live, of course, but also who listen to it and post. And let's not divorce sexuality from spirituality and realize that they are one. And let's, let's harness that, okay? Wishing you the absolute best in your lives. Let's settle up. Much peace and much joy. Tja, that was clean. Thank you very much, my friends, for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had a great time. And just before you run off, don't forget, that guided meditation, Eternal Energy, has now been released, now available at boldojo.com. Dive into who you are and evolve beyond. You can also pick up the ebook, book one-on-one Skype coaching, all at boldojo.com. Donate anything you wish through the PayPal links or the Boldojo podcast uh, donation link. All of that's tremendously appreciated. And I'd also love your feedback on this session. Whether you want to actually, I'd most appreciate your feedback on the actual YouTube videos itself. If you go into YouTube, drop your comments there. That's probably the best way. It really just helps support the channel. And I always, uh, I actually source the next episodes of Social Q&A from the previous episodes of Q&A. I often just look at the comments and often find really good uh, ideas for topics there. So if you got a suggestion for a future Social Q&A that we can kick things off with, just head over to the YouTube channel at The Bowl and uh, drop it down there. Get engaged, subscribe to the channel, support what's going on here. And that would be uh, tremendously appreciated. With that being said, I wish you all the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy.